What's going on guys? My name is Elden Hero and welcome to episode 75 of the Midnight Hour. Three quarters of a century. Damn we're old. Today's episode is our annual Christmas special in celebration of the annual Christmas season, which this year is on the 25th of December. This episode begun with the beautiful sounds of Blink-182 and their song I Won't Be Home for Christmas, which is the only Blink-182 song to be nominated for an Oscar, which may or may not be true, but it was part of uh, a Blink-182 song that was fronted by Mark Hoppus only, which obviously is what the current lineup is like because uh, Tom DeLonge is no longer part of the band. But uh, Mark Hoppus is a really interesting guy and someone who I would love to have on the podcast someday, so... Mark, if you're listening, uh, we would love to have you here. Today's guests are new to the Midnight Hour, but they are not new to the world of podcasting. I am delighted to be joined by Santiago and Justine from one of my favorite podcasts, Weird With You. Weird With You is a weekly podcast that touches on lots of topics like strange news stories or weird moments in pop culture, but what I really like about it is the way that it presents a slightly different way of viewing things that happen in the world. And the two co-hosts do a great job of creating captivating perspectives from seemingly awkward or inane stories. It's a great podcast, and I really hope you guys will check it out. The links will be in the description, whether you're listening on SoundCloud or iTunes, or if you're watching on YouTube. Um, I will put all of their links in the description, their iTunes, their Stitcher, their SoundCloud. I'd say check out the SoundCloud. It's probably like the easiest way of doing it, because I know a lot of you guys are on SoundCloud already, so you could go there and give them a follow. You can also discuss this episode and any other episodes relating to the podcast or anything relating to the podcast at the Midnight Hour subreddit, which is reddit.com slash or slash Midnight Hour. I recently made a post on there asking if any of you guys are interested in participating in a future episode of the show, so go and check that out if that sounds appealing to you. You can also find all of my links in the description, including the official, unofficial Instagram page of the podcast, so go and give that a follow too. I don't actually run it, but I endorse it and recommend that you follow it. With all that out of the way, I want to say straight up that this was one of the most fun and fascinating episodes to record, and I'm really grateful to my guests for taking the time to do it. It was difficult to organize because of my hectic traveling schedule and the fact that I am a secret agent who is unavailable like 90% of the time due to covert operations in the shadows of faraway lands, but also because we're dealing in different time zones and everything, and Justine had to leave about an hour of the way through the podcast because she had to go to work so um that's just one of the things that happens when you have like scheduling conflicts and stuff like that when you're trying to arrange a podcast with someone in a different country and you know you're participating in a a black op in russia or whatever but um even though she leaves uh, Santiago uh, stays around and I just am really really happy with this episode it's really long as you can see in fact it's the longest episode of the podcast um, and one of the ones that I enjoyed the most as I did say but it would mean a lot to me if you guys checked out the weird with you podcast to just share the appreciation for them coming and taking the time to come on my podcast and now Tesco brand salted tortilla chips presents WWE, The Midnight Hour. Enjoy the show, I'll talk to you guys later. It's Christmas time again. It's time to be nice to the people you can't stand. All you 
Power in the verse can stop me. I'm joined today by Santiago and Justine from the Weird With You podcast. Thank you guys so much for your time and for coming on my show. And today we're going to talk about, um, let me check my notes, Christmas. Is that Christmas. correct? That's, that's correct. That's, <laughs> yes. that's exactly. It's the, the Mass of Christ. Yes. Uh, it's where he comes back from the dead on an annual basis and for he the, stands in front of... For the second time. Jesus. This for guy. the second time? Right. Uh, every time is the second time. When you're Christ, uh, <laughs> that's he, what it says on in... his tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually got it tattooed on his forearm. <laughs> he regrets those edgy years. <laughs> the edgy years of Christ. Yeah. The part of the that's, Bible that's they had to scribble a... out. You know, when he had the uh, all his hair was drooped over to one side, and he dyed it pure black, and he was so pale. It was just terrible emo christ yeah that's why he disappeared for like what like 26 years or whatever i i'm not too familiar with the bible i know it's a book and that jesus is like 35 or something at one point in it but he goes from being like <laughs> 16 to 35 or something like that doesn't he i don't know it's, it's one of his miracles yeah one of, one of just, the many <laughs> he turns water into wine and then he ages rapidly <laughs> but he can't go back yeah, I think if I were able to turn water into alcohol, I too would age very rapidly. <laughs> like it, it would be really, really quick and sudden, and my family would not know who I was anymore. Um, but now I'm out of college, and I don't do that anymore. <clears throat> um, so we're going to talk about weird Christmas traditions, because there are many of them, including the very tradition of Christmas in the West. Like, it's really weird when you think about it. Like, we bring trees into our homes. What the fuck is that about? But um, mm. I think we'll just go bit by bit and talk through the different traditions that we've discovered from around the world. And one thing that you guys do incredibly well on your podcast is dig up <laughs> crazy stories from around the world. <laughs> Um, oh, so yes. I think you guys should go and hit us with a hashtag weird hashtag story. I'm going to stop saying hashtag in, you know, no context at all now. And Hashtag no context. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, go. Give us a crazy thing to laugh at. All right. So uh, the first one that I wanted to bring up was when you uh, talked about doing this episode, uh, it's the first thing that came to mind uh, because it's just... It's it's a beautiful story. It's the beautiful story of a log, uh, a Spanish log. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so this is a tradition from uh, Catalonia and specifically from Barcelona in Spain. Uh, and it's called Tío de Nadal. So this is the famous Spanish Christmas log. And uh, it, it's a hollow log. It's about 30 centimeters long. And it, it's propped up usually by two or four stick legs. 
and and you can buy it in uh you can make your own obviously i mean it's just it's, just a, it's, it's just a hollow <laughs> log um but you can also uh go and buy them and they're 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 pre-made for you uh it's got a, a bright smiling face painted on one side that looks like uh it looks a little bit like um jack nicholson uh, in the shining as he's okay. breaking through the door <laughs> he's just this this uh maniacal grin um it's like a cross between that and Mickey Mouse. Uh, and then he also is wearing this red sock hat. Uh, that's very important. Is that supposed to be like a Santa hat? Uh, no, it, it's supposed okay. to be like a replica. It looks like a Santa hat, sort of, if you can imagine that, but made out of a sock. And uh, it, it's supposed to be like a replica of like a type of sock hat that is worn in Spain over the holidays. Um, sometimes it has a 3D stick nose uh, made out of a stick. Uh, it looks... As ridiculous as it sounds. Yeah, it sounds pretty <laughs> ridiculous. So so starting on the night, this is where it gets fun. Starting on the night uh, of the Immaculate Conception, um, which is, I think, the 8th of December, uh, somebody in the household starts feeding the log every night. They, they take some food from the dinner table, and they, and they mime feeding it to the log, uh, and then they, they, <laughs> they cover it with blankets... So that he won't get cold at night, uh, <laughs> pr- presumably to uh, aid in digestion. Uh, and and it's actually it's important that the kids take really good care of the log and make sure that it's warm and well fed, so that on Christmas, the ultimate goal of this is that uh, the log will shit out lots of presents for them. Wow. Uh, no, like for real. It's like. <laughs> It's it's like defecating presents. So you're it's like eating food, digesting it, and turning it into presents. Yeah, it processes like the, the food and and then it like turns it into like present crap. <laughs> um, so <laughs> the, that's funny enough, but the way that it goes down um, is is even better. <laughs> so uh, on Christmas, when the Christmas day finally arrives and they fed the log and everything, um, someone in the family, usually the dad. Uh, takes uh, Tio, the the log, and puts him in the fireplace of the house and threatens and commands him to shit out presents or else. (laughs) (laughs) So it's it's not even asking it to please crap out presents. They command it to shit presents. (laughs) Um, To make the the logs uh, crap out presents, uh, you have to beat it with a stick while singing <laughs> while singing a bunch of traditional songs about how awesome the log is. <laughs> oh and the songs are also commanding it to shit out presents. Uh, but before, the kids get to beat the log with a stick. It's kind of like a perverted Christmas pinata. <laughs> yeah, it does sound like a pinata. Um, before the kids get to beat it with sticks, uh, it's traditional for them to leave the room uh, and pray to the log to deliver them lots of presents, which is also like a, a handy point for like the family members to uh, go and take a bunch of the gifts that go inside the log and shove it up the log's ass uh, and cover it with the blanket so that the kids can't see. Uh-huh. Of course. Uh, right. And then, you know, to complete the illusion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the weirdest magic trick at all. <laughs> Congratulations, the log shit the present. <laughs> um, so, okay, so traditionally, the log never shits out big gifts. Uh, it's it's only smaller gifts. And those those gifts 
like the big gifts are left for the Epiphany, uh, which is in in January. Um, the the log gifts are are small gifts that are kind of for everybody. Uh, so traditionally, it um, it poops out stuff like candy, nuts, <laughs> appropriately. <laughs> I mean, that kind of uh, makes sense. Like you could understand, you know, something digesting some other thing and turning it into nuts. Because I mean, that's kind of like they seem like a natural kind of food. Like if you told me right now, right now, if you told me that there is a kind of nut that comes from a Middle Eastern boar type species that feeds on grass and shits out nuts, I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. I can see it's that. like some weird digestive version of the alchemist. Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, nougats, uh, dried figs, like all those kinds of uh, stuff. So some, some pretty crappy gifts. Yeah, they are pretty bad. Um, and then these uh, communal gifts, uh, they're not individual. The, the family gets to share them, obviously. And uh, for obvious reasons, uh, the log is popularly referred to as uh, the shitting log <laughs> or, the, <laughs> or the poo log. Jesus Christ. So <laughs> that's the tradition. That's a little bit meta. Uh, what I have for you <laughs> here is, is a log. What? One night, for one every night. listener of the podcast you get a log yeah. and you get a log <laughs> um, so this is an example of a traditional Tio de Nadal song translated to English so the song goes please sing it yeah, please <laughs> I, sing. I, I was really hoping that you had a little Spanish guitar and that you were gonna like <laughs> give us a proper rendition of it that would be awesome. Uh, well, I was going to read the lyrics. I mean, I can try to sing them, but there isn't really... I don't know the tune, the traditional tune. So it would I, only be, sadly, an interpretation. I just want to interject um, and say that I have listened to nearly all of your podcasts. And in the last one I listened to, I think it was episode 18, it was about Bigfoot. There was a point where you were talking about pterodactyls and Justine <laughs> said, Do your pterodactyl voice! To which you yes. replied, which one? As if you were a man <laughs> with multiple pterodactyl voices in your arsenal of impressions. And <laughs> do, then you proceeded to do what is genuinely probably the best pterodactyl impression I've ever heard in my entire life. So that's why when you said, here are some lyrics, I thought, it's not beyond this guy to just fucking sing these right now <laughs> <laughs> with a guitar. Well, I don't have the guitar. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, well, you don't have to sing. I mean, if someone asked me to sing, I would die. So it, it's okay to not want to do that on the podcast. Oh, I can sing it. I can sing it. Please do. I'm here to entertain. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to maybe go like a little operatic with it, if that's all right with you. Oh, me. that's totally fine. I, I have <laughs> no standards when it comes to guests willing to sing on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can you end it off with your pterodactyl voice? Yeah, oh, that I, would I, be amazing. Yeah. That's the punctuation wait. you mean. Which, yes, which pterodactyl voice, though? Because he's got, like, a bunch of them. The festive one. Okay. The festive oh, yes, of course. <laughs> <clears throat> so the song goes, Shit log, shit nougat, hazelnuts and Mateo cheese. If you do not shit well, I'll hit you with a stick. Shit, log, shit! <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> that, is, 
This is already, like, this is the best episode of my podcast. (laughs) It has taken us, what, like, eight minutes or something? We're here Uh, to break barriers. That was unbelievable. I have have another, uh, like, a guy who occasionally comes on the show, and he was supposed to sing... um, the lyrics to um, Katy Perry's Roar, or some Katy Perry song, I think, mm. after episode 50. We're on episode, this is episode 75, and he still hasn't fucking sung. And you've just come on your first ever episode and sung a song about a log that shits presence in Spain. <laughs> and I just have no words for that. I think that that's marvelous. He's raised well, the bar. You're yeah. welcome. Oh, yeah. You've knocked it out of the park. We can, I, thanks for coming on the show. We're going to end it here. <laughs> it doesn't get any better than this. I, I've I've won Ireland Idol. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> is there is there is, is it UK Idol? Um, no, we're not part of the UK. The, no, no, I know, but I'm saying that um, like I'm assuming there isn't like an Ireland Idol though. We have a thing called. We used to have a thing called uh, "You're a Star," and uh, oh yeah, some friends of mine actually appeared on it. And it, oh wow! Yeah, they got they lost in the final, but now they're like a real band. Um, That's excellent. Who are like not related to that show in any way. But we also have the voice. You know the show, the voice. We have that in Ireland too. And, oh, um, excellent! I couldn't tell you anyone who like if you like I could probably get a record deal in Ireland if I were to just. <laughs> Go and like I've got a podcast, and they'd be like, "Yeah, let's give this guy like it's it's nothing to be like a famous singer in Ireland." Like, so oh, maybe uh, I should go and uh, start a band that exclusively sings songs about shitting logs. You could, you would get cult <laughs> status within a month, I reckon. <laughs> but um, there is like there's in the in the UK they have The Voice and they have X Factor too. I think X uh, X Factor was X Factor originated in the UK. They're the ones who brought that cancer to the world so <laughs> thank you uk um excellent but to go back to the log because i i don't think that you could possibly mention that and not have questions um so right. they beat it with sticks i mean that seems yes. like that's like beating a human with another human severed arm that's like a whole nother <laughs> level of cruelty stop hitting yourself because you even said when you were describing how they make the log they attach sticks to it to give it like limbs and then they then they also take sticks and beat it and that's just but they also (laughs) they leave the room to pray to the log so it's like it's like something that they revere and worship but also that they hate and command (laughs) literally beat the shit out of yeah Yeah, so yeah, it's a really incongruous kind of tradition because it, at the same time that they're they're like praying to the log and praising the log, they're also you know whining and dining it. And they're whining and dining it, uh, and then they beat the crap out of it with, with its own limbs. <laughs> that's just incredibly bloody and violent, isn't it? Like that's is Catalonia is a Christian region, right? Like they're Spain's a Catholic country. I, it's so weird that this is such a blatantly pagan tradition. Like I can't, I can't believe this is allowed happen in in such a religious. I, I, that, I mean, yeah, that's crazy, well, yo. Strangely, uh tied to this tradition we have another tradition uh also that come, from the same place <laughs> that comes from the same re- region justine has this one okay so it's called the caganer mm-hmm. or the defecator again <laughs> with shit yeah <laughs> so apparently according to spanish folklore 
every nativity scene has to have a, a defecator in order to ward off a poor harvest. So what that means is it's like a figurine of a man with his pants half down, <laughs> basically taking a massive dump. <laughs> and they they put it in the corner of the manger scene. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but like the poo L like I can't the poo is actually sculpted in it's part of the sculpture. Like there's a pile of shit under this guy's ass. <laughs> oh my god. It's exactly what you yeah. But it's just funny cuz you have this like tender moment here this religious thing and then right beside you have this guy taking a shit. <laughs> It's just like silent night. <laughs> and this is to what fight off demons or No no no, it's to it's... to ward off a poor harvest. So it's to bring a good harvest, I guess. Oh. That makes slightly more <laughs> yeah. sense, I guess. Uh, does it? Uh, well, what does Christmas have to do with harvest? I feel like that's like a separate <laughs> season but anyway i think um, i can answer yeah, that so I, th I think it's because um christmas is like the christmas is like traditionally and i mean before christ and all of that i think christmas was the time that everyone was like all right we just got to make it to here without dying <laughs> and then it will all have been worthwhile because like it's like the longest day of the year is in december like winter used to be a time when you might not make it through it and in some parts of the world still is, I guess. But um, I think that, like, a good harvest and, like, a good, you know, all of that good, healthy, encouraging your crops to grow thing is, like, an important part of Christmas because you're always hoping for mm -hmm. lack of deaths in the family. And I don't feel like... I mean, <laughs> even, like, sitting in the manger and taking off your clothes to the part where you would have to actually do the thing that the thing is supposed to do... That seems like a threat to, like, uh, just, why would you, yeah, uh, just why, I think, is the <laughs> ultimate uh, point that I'm trying to dig out of this. Um, <laughs> okay. Is there any association between fecal matter and a good harvest? Is that the thing? I, I'm not good at science or geography or anything. Manure? So. <laughs> yeah. The only connection I can see here is between fecal matter and Spain. <laughs> yeah, okay. Like, they just have a poop thing. Yeah, it's. Strange. So, is that like culturally ingrained, or is that just a? Apparently, yeah, okay. <laughs> according to our research, which is extensive in regards to <laughs> two Christmas things that we looked up a couple days ago. <laughs> yes. Okay. I mean, Spain. What are you doing? It, I always thought of them as such a noble people, and now that has been stained. <laughs> I think you can poop nobly. Really? I okay. You say that, right? <laughs> so, I mean, I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take like a, a stoic and noble figure off the top of my head in pop culture and just imagine Luke Skywalker lands on um, the Dagobah system in the swamp, and he's looking for Yoda, and he stumbles into that swamp cave, and just Yoda's just there taking a shit. Like, would you think that that's a guy... That's actually not far off from how he meets him. And also, the food <laughs> rations that Yoda steals from him kind of look like what I would imagine Yoda shit would look like. <laughs> Maybe that's a bad example. <laughs> Maybe you're onto something here. <laughs> well, we're talking about pop culture. Um... Uh, fun fact. Um, if you don't want to buy the traditional defecator, 
which is just like a dude with a white shirt and a red hat, you can buy celebrity ones. So like <laughs> Obama. Oh uh, no. I get. I guess you could probably get a Luke Skywalker one. I wouldn't be surprised oh, if that probably. was a thing. Yeah. That would be terrible. Could you like? I mean, th- doesn't that open the door to so many? Like, if how do they not have some sort of you know hatred and like um. Because if you were to do that in the Muslim world with Muhammad, like, you know, every time someone does something oh, yeah. to Muhammad, it becomes a big, like, major global issue or whatever. How does, like, someone taking a shit next to baby Jesus, how does that not cause some kind of vitriol, you know, in some way? Well, yeah, out of out of the context of, of Catalonia, it might. But, like, in that region, it would be normal. It would be weird not to have one, because then it was like, what, what do you want, like a, like a crappy harvest or a <laughs> Kind you want to have bad crops? <laughs> Put that shitting man in the corner. I, I, I could see it making more sense if it was like an elf on the shelf kind of thing, where you just put it anywhere in your house. But this is like specifically just like next every to morning Jesus. you have the kids have to wake up and find where the shitting man is shitting. They just find turds all over their house. They they make like little uh little like vignettes of of him pooping in in different areas of the house and like ruining the toothpaste and, <laughs> in the fridge. And, on on the on on the on I don't know something that you put on your face <laughs> on top of a wedding cake or <laughs> I would buy that cake. His and hers. I come from like a you know Ireland is a very traditionally Catholic country. Not so much in the last twenty years, but like even when I was in primary school, like religious traditions around Christmas were a huge deal, and like the manger and the crib and all these things were a huge deal, and. I remember activities like class activities where people would have to draw or depict um, the what what is the what is the manger scene called the nativity scene <laughs> I was yeah. like the first supper what the fuck is that thing called um, <laughs> so like <laughs> Jesus's first supper yeah <laughs> the original one the sequel this one was way this one was way better than the sequel you know it was just it was just what it was it wasn't all action well, packed you know. There was tits in it. Yes, that's true. And a man shitting in some versions. But, um, like, yeah, like classroom activities would involve having to depict that. You know, you keep, I remember one year I got real creative. I made a nativity scene with, um, with like matchsticks and those ice cream sticks and stuff. I say creative. I'd hate to see what it looks like now. But at the time, I thought it was pretty <laughs> badass. And like, if you did one of those things wrong, or if you in some way negatively depicted Christ. Like, the teacher right. would be mad, and, like, it wouldn't be... So, like, I, I don't have any of that in me. I'm not really... Like, I sympathize with religion to a degree, but I, I'm not religious at all. I, I'm more, like, agnostic or whatever. But I'm really uncomfortable at the idea of someone taking a shit in the nativity scene. <laughs> Call me crazy. It just seems but... out of place. I... Yeah, it does. Sometimes when they have the nativity scene set up downtown by the city hall or, or something like that, you you occasionally run into, like, maybe, like, a homeless man. He, he, we assume that he's like a homeless man uh, just taking a crap in the in the corner of the nativity scene, but he might just be Spanish. So, a <laughs> little lesson there. Don't judge it's people. You can't rule it out. I mean, I hope to God that they don't do reenactments of the, <laughs> of that version <laughs> in Spain. But, um, that, I mean, that's it's interesting to know that Spain houses not one, but two <laughs> traditions based primarily around
What's going on guys? It's only me, sorry for interrupting. I just didn't want to bombard you with too much information at the start of the episode, but if you want to buy any Midnight Hour merchandise, uh, if you check out the link in the description to society6.com forward slash Elden Hero, I think it is, I'm not too sure on that, but it will be in the description. If you want to buy anything like a Christmas present for someone that you haven't bought for yet, but you're not going to see them till January, so you're not under too much pressure to buy them a thing, but you'd like to buy them a thing. Go to that link because everybody wants Midnight Hour merchandise, like pretty much everyone in the world. For real though, I am actually amazed at the response the last time I gave a mention to this link and how many people bought stuff. The mug in particular seems incredibly popular, so if you want to buy anything with the Midnight Hour logo on it, we've got t-shirts, hoodies, uh, phone covers for both iPhones and Samsungs, uh, there's also mugs, there's travel mugs, there's shower curtains and bed clothes and all sorts of stuff, so um, if you think that would make a great gift for someone, you're right, it would, and go and buy it for them. Uh, for real though, I, I bought a lot of stuff myself and I think it's pretty good. The quality of the clothes is really good. It's American apparel, so it's like really comfortable stuff to wear. Um, it's also really cool and will definitely make you a hit with the ladies. I also have a couple of mugs myself and they are just so good. I even got a nice review from one of you guys <laughs> in a DM conversation about the mug saying, it is the best mug anyone has ever had. So if that interests you, check out that link and I hope you guys are enjoying the show. Also, so it would mean a lot to me if you'd leave a like on the episode or like a good review on iTunes or a repost on SoundCloud or, or anything like that because every little helps and it's Christmas and it's the season of giving or whatever. So give that a go. Anyway, I'll talk to you guys at the end of the the most impressionable minds get molested in a form by manipulating forces Don't fret little man, don't cry, they can never take the energy inside you were born with Knowing that, understand, you can never be poor, you already won the war, you were born rich You can only take the energy you have, going back to the ground where the home of your lord is Whoever, whatever that lord is, couldn't give a fuck if you ever made fortunes Fuck anyone ever trying to run that punk shit Send it to the flames where the horse lit Him and the lost minds thinking they're smarter than us Don't understand love's important And we can weaponize that Bring it back to the truth where the ashes and dust got formed in Yeah, it is um, I don't know how to transition from that to what I've got <laughs> Because <laughs> you guys seamlessly transitioned from one thing about shit to another thing about shit. Um, <laughs> mine is a little different. Uh, this is like the the main weird one that I dug up, and I don't know how to pronounce like half the things in it. But this is called the gavel goat, or I don't know. It's G and then an A with the two dots on the top of the A. You know that Scandinavian thing. I guess it would be like gavel goat because I think that means A and E combined or something like that. Um, but basically, this thing is a 43-foot... 40, 40 I'm Irish, and we don't say three, we say tree, so that might be a culture <laughs> shock to you when you hear me talk about no, this. No, I got you. Um, so this is a 43-foot tall Yule goat, which is built in the center <laughs> of... Yeah, I mean, how is that not the most <laughs> magical thing ever in the world? Um, it's built in the center goats. of the of Gavel's Castle Square. Gavel, or Gavel, is a town in Sweden. Um, it goes mm -hmm. up every year. It's a tradition, and it began in 1966 because, I guess, 
maybe anticlimactically, some guy was like, let's put a gigantic straw goat in the center of town. But also, <laughs> apparently, in Scandinavian legend, Thor, the Viking god, uh, rode around in a chariot that was pulled by some kind of mutated super goat or something like that. Um, Sounds but, appropriate. Yeah, obviously. On New Year's Eve... In 1966, when the first one went up, it was also burned down, and the person who did it was arrested and uh, put in prison and stuff. Um, But Mm. my favorite thing about this magically strange tradition is that it spawned another tradition, and that is the vandalism-inspired tradition of burning the damn goat to the ground every (laughs) single year. Right, it is. It was successfully burned down thirty six times, and <laughs> That's awesome. last year the goat went up on the twenty seventh of November, and it was burned down a few hours later. <laughs> and if if you go on the Wikipedia page, there's this beautiful like timeline graph of the goat's fate for each year, and it, like it's amazing. <laughs> it has the years it survived, and they're highlighted in green, and the years it was destroyed are marked in red, with the cause of destruction noted beside it and it basically just says fire like every time one of them says fire slash fire and then there's a note next to it that's like well it was burned down but then thankfully the goat is next to the fire station so it was rebuilt but then someone just burned it down again after (laughs) so like i love scandinavia and it's i don't they have webcams that surround the goat so anyone in the world can Mm. view it at any time as far as i know it's still you can still look at it right now but sometimes oh. the, the cameras get DDoSed before the goat gets destroyed. Like, they even destroy the cameras that watch the goat. It's just like, <laughs> I just love so much that, like, th- this guy was just like, yeah, let, let's make a goat and we'll put it in the center of town. And he got someone to fund that. And it was, like, part state funded for a while. And then, like, an investment company took over. But, like, enough important people in Sweden were like, you know what? This goat, I mean, there's some richness to this, to this tradition. We got to we got to keep doing this. we got to keep putting the goat up. And the people of Sweden were like, no, no more goats. And they just burned it down every single time. I mean, it, it's gone up every year since 66, which is like 50 years. I like how in this, I like how in this version of Sweden, just like their decisions are all just made by a couple of guys in a boardroom that just think like, you know, you know, it'd be a good idea. Let's put up, let's put up a giant freaking goat. And then the other guy was just like, yo, that goat, fuck that goat. <laughs> let's burn that shit down. They have like, they have like a blackboard and it says like goats and then there's like pros and cons and they have other animals, but they can't come up with anywhere near enough reasons for like even debating the topic. So it's like, what about, well, just what about the dragon? It's, it's a more badass creature. You know, it, it resonates with Thor a lot more strongly than a goat does. Like, yeah, but I mean, they're not real. How are we going to build a dragon? And plus that just encourages even more fire. And then everyone sits back and like, ah, we're going to do the goat again, aren't we? <laughs> and, um... Yeah, the people of Sweden are just so angry at this goat. <laughs> it's... Yeah, I also like the idea of like a secret society of like goat terrorists yeah. who, who just exist purely. Do they get together every year and they have meetings uh, like from the French resistance in World War II? They're <laughs> like hiding in, in some sort of uh, underground. Uh, yeah, can- candle cor- it with like a map sprawled out, like <laughs> blueprints of the goat. Like we gotta go in here. <laughs> it's like. Okay. <laughs> Camera pans to some Swedish guy luring himself down on a wire, avoiding different sensors, like in Mission Impossible. He's like, ah, I got it, guys. 
the government each year trying to build a more stable, like eventually moving towards a metal type of goat, and eventually that's just gonna get burned down as well. It's I don't know. <laughs> like I know that this the government and the in, the investor, like the people who put the goat up, I know that they actively do not encourage the burning and that it's a crime and stuff. It's not one of those lovable traditions where it's like, oh, it has to go up and then it has to go down because everything in life is about being born and then dying. It's not like that kind of thing. There's no lesson to it. It's just people are like, just fuck that goat. Like, I don't like it. It has to go. <laughs> it's just there. It's 43 feet tall. Like, that's just too big. It's just got to be burned down. Like, it's just such a... It, it's so interesting to me that the consciousness of the society is is so firmly anti-giant goat, but it's also <laughs> met with a wave of, no, the goat is... This is crucial to our society. We must have the goat every year. I, I don't know. I've never heard of anything like it, and I'm glad that I learned about it because it's <laughs> fucking crazy, and how could you not love such a ridiculous story? Nicolas Cage just shows up every year and <laughs> helps to burn the goat down. <laughs> Not the bees! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is something that I could imagine happening. Like, genuinely, that would not be surprised to learn if that's happening. I wouldn't be surprised to see Nicolas Cage. He's one of the few people who could turn up absolutely anywhere, and I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> like shitting in the corner of the nativity scene. That's one of the instances where that would actually make sense. You'd be like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I'll allow it this once, but... um. Yeah, the uh, you know you know the problem with talking about these sort of obscure uh, like in, in terms of Western society these are like obscure uh, references to things mm. is that like you'll get like a, a Swedish person that comments and is like actually this doesn't happen at all like the, the Wikipedia <laughs> page is a lie it's an it's an elaborate troll and you're like ah shit because I totally bought into that but um this one like you can look up the Wikipedia page for this and see like I I'd encourage everybody to just type in G A V L E space goat and just just read the the table on wikipedia of the this year was a success and this year fire <laughs> it's so fucking good like i use wikipedia for all like whenever i'm looking at um say football players and their stats i always go straight to the stats right. section so like i'm really used to looking at these tables and it's amazing seeing one applied to a giant goat that gets burned down every year <laughs> um so yeah are there any questions I probably can't answer any of them. I've, I've sort of exhausted all my knowledge of it already. Um, so if you guys want to launch into the next topic, or you can... I think I think Justine had another one. Oh, this is just a short one. Um, it's called the... I don't know if I'm saying this right. The Kalikansaroi? It's a Greek... It's Greek folklore. Kalikansaroi. I don't know. It doesn't sound Greek to me, but anyway. Um, basically, they're just these horrible green goblin men that live underground and they spend all year trying to saw down this world tree so i guess there's just like this one massive tree or something that it holds everything holds on. everything together i don't know um so basically they try to cut it down so that the world will collapse and go into ruin uh but just as they're about to finish cutting down this tree from the underworld the 12 days of Christmas start, and this is a time when they're able to come to the surface. For some reason. <laughs> For some reason. Yeah, no, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, all, all goblins do that. Um, <laughs> yeah, 
This distracts them, and basically they forget to finish sawing down this great tree because they're just, like, running around causing havoc on Earth or something or having a good time. <laughs> One or the other. <laughs> One or the other. I don't know. Sometimes both. Then... It depends on the alcohol consumption. <laughs> well, they're just, like, running around messing with people, so they cause mischief and they, like, break things and steal things. You know, yeah, goblin yeah. stuff. Goblin stuff. And then when the 12 days are over, they go back underground to finish their job, but find that the tree has healed itself. And then that's it. Uh, so apparently, have to start, yeah. apparently it's like a, a healing spec druid from World of Warcraft <laughs> and it can just fix itself. So th- this is a Greek one, right? Yeah. Uh, it's not just... It's like in Greek and I think it's in like... Uh, it's in parts of Europe surrounding Greece, but uh, mm-hmm. the, the one that... This particular version of it was from Greece. Basically they're like evil elves, I guess. It's really interesting to me that in Greece, Christmas is basically a conspiracy to stop the goblins from chopping down the tree. <laughs> like, that, that, like in that in that myth or tradition or whatever, that that is like pretty much the sole purpose of Christmas is like, alright guys, we gotta find a way to stop <clears throat> excuse me. Stop these guys from chopping down this tree. What will we do? Let's invent Christmas. <laughs> it's the only way. We'll just invite them up and then we'll get them so drunk. Yeah. Forget about the tree. We'll forget about the tree. We'll let them break some shit, and it's fine. We can just fix that later. I, I love the idea of them like seeing the light and crawling up to Earth and being like, "Ah, let's destroy everything because we are <laughs> like dipping their head in like bowls of punch and like going, running into bugs, ransacking everything. Waking up the next morning on on the street corner, surrounded by things that they've stolen and vomiting into a bucket of water and stuff like that." <laughs> They're just like so done. They're they're wasted. Yeah, they're completely... and then they're like, "All right, guys, let's get back to the after tree. like a, a full <laughs> night of swapping babies and yeah. uh, kicking dogs and uh, you know just like uh, mixing up uh, people's hair dye. That's yeah. that's a that's a good prank. Shooting in nativity scenes, all that. Stuff. Shooting in nativity scenes. <laughs> we gotta Wandering find a way to... to shit nativity scenes. Yeah. We gotta find a way to tie everything back to that one thing, because it's. I feel like it's the only way I'm gonna be able to wrap my head around the whole point of it. <laughs> but um, these goblins from the underworld are they like satanic, or do they have any religious significance, or do they predate Christ? Do we know? Well, from my understanding, is that they predate Christ. So wow. it, it's like a it's a very 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 pagan kind of uh, belief. That's the worst Which, kind. I mean, like Greece is full of because it's. Greece. Yeah, say no more. Just like democracy. <laughs> Greece is full of democracy. Full of goblins. <laughs> yes. <laughs> democracy is full of goblins. Um, so, yeah. Um, do you have another one? Oh, yeah. You want to hear about some messed up, scary-ass, Icelandic demon crap? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I do. So so basically, we found a bunch of really awesome stuff. But like uh, one of the the things that got revealed to us as we as we did our research was that Iceland is basically the nexus of Christmas hell, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's absolutely terrifying. <laughs> so there's a, a bunch of shit in uh, in Iceland that uh, will just mess you up on Christmas. <laughs> Uh, so, like, the the main one, I guess, is uh, the, this uh, woman named Grilla, who's she's <laughs> actually, like, a, a mythical Icelandic giantess. Uh, 
who's also known as the Christmas monster. <laughs> okay, of course, absolutely, yes. Yeah, and uh, gorillas, like her stories, uh, they're used to frighten bad children, obviously. Um, but my favorite part of this is that, like, this is... Iceland just seems for Christmas seems like a war of escalation uh, against increasingly bad children who realize that the story like the previous story was bullshit. And so they start acting bad again. So they have to make up a new horrible thing to scare them with. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So so she has uh, this ability to detect if children are being bad all year round. Uh, And then during Christmas, she comes down from her mountain cave uh, to search for food. Uh, she leaves her cave to basically like hunt for children in nearby <laughs> villages, but only during Christmas time. She but doesn't o- have to only, eat the rest of the year. I guess yeah, she's like a bear. She, <laughs> she just like hibernates the rest of the year. The, and Christmas comes around, and Grilla comes down from the mountains to eat all your naughty children. Um, so yeah, naughty children are actually her favorite snack, uh, and they're apparently never in shortage in Iceland. Um, she makes a she makes a, a like a stew out of them, oh. like it said specifically that like her favorite snack is like a stew she made out of. Stew. So it's a very specific <laughs> uh, mythology around her. <laughs> um, the best part about Grilla though is, like I said, she's not alone because she lives in her cave with a bunch of other horrifying Christmas monstrosities. <laughs> oh, for God's sake! Uh, including her thirteen sons, who are also giants. <laughs> of course. Uh, and the absolutely horrifying Yule Cat. Uh, so starting with Grilla's sons, uh, which are uh, also sometimes called the Yuletide Lads. She has 13 sons uh, who are all horrifying Christmas monsters in their own right. Um, and originally they were actually depicted as criminals and even murderers. Uh, to scare children, but there wasn't a lot of consistency uh, in like the older folklore because it would change from village to village and from household to household, like what kind of stories they told. Yeah. But um, in like the 1930s, uh, there was uh, a famous Icelandic poet um, who kind of compiled all of the stories and put out like the official canon of like the 13 evil Christmas giants. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I have for you here the name of the giants and kind of like what they're, what kind of mischief they get up to, what they're, what they do. They're and it's call, kind of like their calling card. Their, uh, yeah. They're, they're calling card. Their right? gang like sign. Their signature crime. Yeah. Um, so there's a sheep coat Claude, uh, and he harasses sheep, uh, but he sucks at it. Cause he has these stiff peg legs that basically mean he can't really walk around. Well, Jesus, uh, you've got gully gawk, who hides in gullies, uh, waiting for his chance to sneak into the barn and steal milk from your cows. Which <laughs> <laughs> is they're all barn related. <laughs> well, they're like little villages. Um, Stubby, <laughs> who's uh, abnormally short, oh, and he steals, he steals <laughs> pans uh, to eat the leftover crust off of them. Then you got uh, a, a few of them who are actually very... They're kind of named after what they do at, after this point. So you've got Spoon Licker. Uh, <laughs> so creative. <laughs> he's, he steals your wooden spoons to lick them. Um, this is apparently all he eats because he's apparently uh, he's, he's like sickly thin. Like he's emaciated because all he eats is uh, the leftovers from your spoons. Um, we've also got Pot Scraper, which is... <laughs> kind of the same idea as spoon liquor but with pots and then you got bowl liquor uh 
he hides under beds though and he waits for you to put down a bowl of food and then he takes it and he eats whatever's left inside uh you've got door slammer which is actually probably the most terrifying one uh he just slams doors in the middle of the night that's his deal that's I, that's how he gets off. I really hope you try and like uh, punk us and put in some like. And there's carjacker. He he jacks the cars. <laughs> there's Starbucks lover. You don't even want to know what that guy does there's to your coffee. Password changer. He <laughs> yeah. just changes your passwords on all of your social media accounts. Oh, that would be horrible. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's uh, skier gobbler. So he takes all your skier and eats it. And skier is apparently a thing that's like yogurt. It's a dairy product. Yeah, so you lots can of, have lots it. Lots of uh, Sausage Swiper. This is uh, Justine's greatest fear. Uh, he hides in the rafters and he waits to steal your sausages. <laughs> that is a crime that's punishable by death where I come from. So... Would... Right, yeah. So. Uh, you've got Window Peeper. Who <laughs> who snoops around windows looking into your house for something to steal? Right. So like I like Window Peeper because he he doesn't he's the only one who doesn't have like a specific thing that he takes. He just kind of like stands outside of the window and, and waits for something good and waits for something good. But I like the idea that he never actually takes anything. He just is completely undecided and he he stands out there and like oh should I take that? That looks good. Should I, I take that? Pop? I think that pop liquor's um, got it. Damn it. <laughs> How naive you're being is adorable. Like, oh, no, he, the reason he never steals stuff is because he just never gets to it. Like, dude, he's a pervert. He just says he's there to steal <laughs> stuff because he's quite clearly peeping on people. Yeah. Name, like, window peeper. Yeah, when you said window peeper, I was immediately thinking, well, this guy is on some kind of government list. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then you got doorway sniffer. He, he sniffs in doorways. And he's just looking for a specific kind of Icelandic bread. I don't know if that's really a bad thing if he's just sniffing for the bread. Does he ever find the bread? It doesn't say anything about him taking the bread. He just smells for it. Can I just say this before you get to the end? These are supposed to be giants, but they can fit in your house and do all these things and steal stuff and nobody notices. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> I think that parents thought Icelandic children were dumb. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably why most of these stories failed. Also, uh, if they... if the sniffer guy is regularly seen with the peeper guy, I don't think he's sniffing for bread either. I th I think <laughs> I think these took a very dark turn, and the more we get towards the end. Well, that's great because the next one's named Meat Hook. Oh Jesus Christ Almighty! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he uses a hook to steal your meat. I uh, well, that's... why a hook? I don't know. <laughs> Which meat? <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Uh, and then you got uh, Candle Stealer, who follows children around so that he can steal their tallow candles and eat them. The candles, not not the children. <laughs> what a miserable bastard! Yeah, I know. It's dark outside. It's cold. He's stealing uh, light and warmth. Yeah, that's that's like two of the most important things in the in the winter. Iceland. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think it's interesting how they all mirror some kind of uh, like rural fear that you would have when trying to survive the winter. Like, yeah, yeah, that is actually one of the the more reasonable things about uh, Iceland's like scary shit is like don't go outside when it's fucking nighttime. <laughs> it, it's reasonable, but I feel like all of these fears and all of these like particular crimes that they've associated with the guys i think they could all just be consolidated into one villain right and just be like well right. 
there's a Christmas monster and he will do all of these things. Because we, like, Satan in the Christian Bible is, like, seen as one person who just does all of that stuff. But, like, traditionally, I believe Satan, or the devil, it was always just lots of devils. Like, it was never just Lucifer was Satan. It was that the right. devil is all of the demons and they can do all of these things. But then people were like, nah, we need more narrative structure than that. Let's just have one bad guy this time. <laughs> And, like, Iceland could really do with that. Like, they're not selling me on these these 13 clowns that they have going around licking spoons well, and sniffing doorways. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing, is that this is obviously, like, the, the as I said before, it's like the PG version. Because the old version was, like, they'll kill you and, you know, like, mess up your house and uh, kill all your cattle and stuff like that. I really thought you were going to say mess up your hair, and I was like, no! <laughs> <laughs> hair messer. <laughs> um, and then, uh, I'm sorry, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, um, myself and uh, my former co-host on this show, who used to sit in the exact seat that you're sitting in now, um, <laughs> which is really weird. But, cause, like, Especially we because it's in Justine's house. Yeah, so and we didn't know, know you guys back before. then. But he just insisted, like, every single time. He was like, no, nah, we gotta we gotta do it in their house. And I was like, okay, man. Um, but <laughs> we did an episode about uh, creepy fairy tales. And what we kind of discovered was that fairy tales and their origins, like, they go way, 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 way back. And they keep getting rewritten and rewritten and rewritten. And, like... You right. can go from, like, the original version of something to the Disney version of something, and it basically goes from complete violence and darkness and horrible endings to, like, a nice, you know, what we consider to be a fairy tale now in, in that it's good. And it's interesting that you have drawn that parallel with Icelandic creatures and how they, oh, now they lick spoons and sniff doorways, whereas they <laughs> used to, like, literally rip your guts from your body and eat them in front of you while you die. <laughs> Yeah, well, and it, especially because the gorilla story hasn't changed really much, um, it makes them sound like they're kind of completely inept sons. Because here she is, like making stews out of children, and they're just like, "I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sniff this doorway for some <laughs> <Yeah>. bread." <laughs> but it's, While my brother looks in a window, it's not even like a reconnaissance mission to inform <laughs> the other guys how much. It's like, nah, I just gotta just get a sniff. That's that's the good stuff right there. It's 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 really just like a bunch of perverts with really weird and specific fetishes. Exactly, that is exactly what it's like. And also, <laughs> I think the population of Iceland is like three hundred and fifty thousand. So like, they can't have that many kids. Like, you don't need thirteen monsters <laughs> to teach one for these. each child yeah like it, like it, that seems like such overkill to me a simple man who grew up fearing one satan and that was enough <laughs> to make me comply with my authority figures it's just I, I think iceland fucked up somewhere along the line where they had to be like what? Well, I'm wondering how bad icelandic children were back in the day that because... also is a factor yeah uh, well, and then there's the the horrifying Yule cat, which is just uh, gorilla's huge and vicious cat. Um, sometimes it's depicted with like a candle on its forehead that's just like melting. What? I don't know why. <laughs> um, and it roams the countryside during Christmas time, uh, and it eats people who have not received any new clothes to wear before Christmas Eve. So it's a fashion police. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. kind of. <laughs> 
So if you if you haven't received uh, new clothes before Christmas, then watch out because the Yule Cat's gonna <laughs> can eat you. That's so unfair. That's not even a thing that you're in control of. Like <laughs> it's like somebody could easily screw you over. Yeah, that's that's so like that's something that some fashion giant has definitely made up and been like, watch out. That's like fashion Steve giant Jobs. Fourteenth son. It's like if Steve Jobs was like, well, if you don't get an iPhone, your mom's gonna get cancer. Like that's such a fucking <laughs> outrageously harsh thing to do to someone. Like uh, I don't well, know. It actually it actually comes from that uh, because traditionally this was used by a threat by farmers so that their workers would finish processing the autumn wool before Christmas time came. Uh, if you took part in the work, you'd get new clothes. But if you didn't, presumably the Yule Cat would straight up murder you and eat you. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the threat. Jeez. So yeah, Iceland is uh, Iceland is terrifying. It is. And it's such a like tiny little, you know, lovely volcanic island with not many people and like wonderful football fans, and now I find out this <laughs> that they're terrorizing their children with horrible stories of you will ca- hey, can I ask a question to to the North American people on the show, which is everyone on the show apart from me? Um, I don't know why I said to everyone on the show. Um, what <laughs> what does the word "you will" mean? Because I used it earlier when describing the goat thing, because I knew you guys would get it, but I don't have a clue what that word means at all. But I know that it's associated with Christmas in some way. So, uh, well, Yule, uh, it's also Yuletide. It's um, I think from what my understanding, it's like a pagan festival oh, that's okay. uh, observed historically by Germanic people. Um, but it's it's basically the same thing as like Christmas. It, oh, it's right. it's not the same. It's around the same time. They just call it Yuletide, uh, and they they usually celebrate it with a Yule log. Um, so more logs. This okay, one doesn't logs. shit though. Okay, good. That's yeah. I was last year. I I bought um. You know the Drake Hotline Bling video. I bought a Christmas jumper right. with the with him doing the dance thing. And this year I was looking for like what kind of wacky Christmas jumper will I wear to the office this year? And my favorite rap duo, um, Run the Jewels, they've got a Christmas jumper that's it's called Run the Yules. And I was like, that's great, <laughs> but I don't know what Yules means. So hopefully it's not offensive to someone. So like I was too afraid to buy it, and I tried googling it, but like I I think I either lost interest or I was just very confused because every time I googled it, like every single instance of someone no. using it in the sentence was from someone who knows what it means, and I was like, ah, this doesn't apply to me. I don't have a clue what this thing is. So, um, you know, El Yule was actually a, a really sad time where it was it was a horrible Christmas uh, related uh, culling. Of of Germanic people. Oh really? And many many Germans died. Uh, wow. And that that's why they celebrate Yule is because they were they were all killed by candy canes. By candy uh, canes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, this is the uh... yeah they were, and that's why we hang candy canes on trees because they were used to stab uh, German people uh, during Yule, and and now we celebrate Yule Tide to to commemorate them and their memories. Wow, I don't think I'm gonna buy that jumper now. I, I think. <laughs> I think that that is offensive to my German brethren, <laughs> as is using the word brethren in a sentence in 2016. <laughs> um, so I don't know again how to transition <laughs> from the crazy uh, Icelandic nutcase killers. Mm. Um, 
I, I do have one that's not so much a Christmas tradition as much as it is a sentence that I read on the internet today. And <laughs> it is that in Norway, on Christmas, people hide all of the brooms in their house because of an old belief that Christmas Eve is the day when evil spirits and witches come out to evidently steal brooms and fly around, presumably causing so, havoc and the like. So they're just, like, hiding the witch's ride? Yeah, that's pretty much it. And like, the most how did she get there? Yeah, that's uh, what I what I don't get is like they hide them in like random parts of their house. And it's like your broom is traditionally in a utility closet or something anyway, right? Like you don't. Right. You, how much effort do you really have to go into to hide a broom? Like it, it's probably one of the most hidden things that you own. Like, <laughs> Well, when you go to someone's house, you always have to ask them if you spill something. Where's your broom? Yeah, exactly. And they go to some weird closet that you didn't even know was actually a closet, and then they take. Yeah, they it push out. a button. Yeah. The, the wall. <laughs> yeah, and they the come back thirty-seven of... minutes later, and they're covered in blood, and then they hand you the broom. That's pretty much how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> That's every house I've ever been to when I've asked for a broom. Anyway, um, I just yeah. like the idea, of, like. Uh, during the the holidays, you just have like a like a dad go to his son and he's Stanislav. It is time to teach you of the broom hiding. <laughs> Where do you think Norway is the on the map of the world? Uh, it's in north places. <laughs> yeah, it sounded really Eastern European. That was the most. I don't know. I don't. Okay, so here's the thing: is I don't. The thing is, I know approximately where Norway is, but the thing is that I don't know how to do a Norwegian accent. So you went. But is it like more like a, Swedish? Yeah, yeah, it would be very close to Swedish to our okay, ears. Okay. Well, well, this young lad's father was a Russian immigrant, so <laughs> you're being culturally insensitive, Elf. <laughs> That I must is... do the traditions of this land so that you fit in. <laughs> must never know of our Russian ancestry. That is incredible. Um, squirming your way out of the situation. It's it's well, commendable. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I will I will neatly go to uh, the Ukraine now because you have just bastardized their entire nation and offended all of the Ukrainians. Um, I don't know how. I just decided that's a thing you did. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those things like sometimes like if you're if you're with a black person and like like in Ireland, like there aren't many black people. But like I have friends who are black and that's not me saying, oh, I have friends who are black. So I'm about to say this racist thing. That's not what I'm doing. But, you know, like when you're around a black person, sometimes you just say the word black and you immediately think, oh, shit, is that have I offended in some way? And like you haven't. You've just innocently. So, like, yeah, whenever I do, like, an accent from a place that I'm not too familiar with, I always feel like, shit, maybe that's, like, super offensive in some way. But then I remember that every day, every single day, in my comment section, there is a person saying, ha-ha, lol, tree, ha fuck you. So, yeah, fuck it, I'll, I'll say yeah. right. <laughs> um, that's true. So, in Ukraine, people decorate their Christmas trees with spider webs. Um, usually, they're artificial, I guess, I hope. Um, but this tradition... <laughs> I would think the, the Ukrainian spider farms. Yeah, <laughs> they have to go to the spider farms every year on the 18th of December and place the spiders on the tree to prepare for another beautiful decoration season. Um, 
But the, the tradition goes back to a story of a really poor woman who couldn't afford to decorate her Christmas tree. And she woke mm. up one morning to a Christmas miracle as a spider had covered the tree in a magnificent sparkling web of glory. And then I cannot imagine her doing anything other than running out of the house because if a spider, like, fucking made a web, <laughs> like a silver glistening web overnight in my house, like, that's not a house I want to be in at all. And that's definitely... <laughs> just covering the entire tree, it's just a nest of benevolent Christmas spiders. <laughs> yeah, like, like it, it's a beautiful story and it's a great tradition that they've carried on and stuff, but, like, I have so many questions. Like, okay, what, what kind of weird spider is this and why was she not terrified of it? But also, like, if you can't afford to decorate the tree, it's okay to just not buy a tree like use that money to feed your family please like, <laughs> don't feel like you have to do this for well l they ate the tree <laughs> okay <laughs> absolutely another ukrainian tradition <laughs> where they each christmas the tree. <laughs> they eat the tree spider webs and all <laughs> and then they hollow out the, the, the stump yeah yeah and they hide some presents and in hide it. some presents in it yeah and command it to shit yeah <laughs> They cut all the branches off, except for a few, and then they beat it to death with the branches that they have just taken from it, while it screams. <laughs> oh, but, yeah, um, it, it's quite a sweet tradition. Like, it's, like, I like it that everyone is like, ah, oh, this poor woman, she couldn't decorate her tree, and a spider did it for her, and now we put the spider <laughs> on her. But it's... Like, that's kind of... I, like, you know, on a surface level, I'm like, ah, but then uh, when I get, like, real, you know, sort of... I start to inspect it a little bit more, and then I'm like, nah, I'm not having this at all. This is this is bollocks. What are you all doing here? Fucking, like, weird, what, radio... Presumably radioactive spiders, right? Like, I don't think normal spiders Literally. could produce that kind of... Yeah, that's... Well, the version of the story that, that I'm familiar with is that uh, the day after, on, on Christmas Day, the uh, spider webs turned into silver and gold, and then the family became prosperous. So the reason that people do it is actually on the off chance that if they put cobwebs on their on their Christmas tree, they'll wake up uh, rich. Spider lottery. <laughs> spider lottery. <laughs> Dude, the best kind of lottery is the spider lottery. You wouldn't think so, but you know, it's they're actually eight chances to win. <laughs> I didn't know. Did you make that up, or is that true? Did no, no, no. That's actually part of the... Well, as far as um, what I saw from, from that story, there was a version of that story where that happens. Oh, that's cool. That's it, It's weird to me that I read this, and then I Googled it, and then I didn't find that. And, like, that that's a whole other element to the thing that I was missing. But, again, probably radioactive spiders, would you say? Well, yeah, that's why I said it, because <laughs> that would make sense. Yeah. There's a strong sort of... <clears throat> a long line of uh, Christmas traditions involving radiation. Like, St. <laughs> Saint Nicholas was originally bitten by a radioactive reindeer, and that's how he got the power to become Santa Claus. I don't think a lot of people know that, but that's that's traditionally in the Western world, that is what we um, understand about Santa Claus's heritage. So that's pretty interesting, too. Well, absolutely. Well, and I mean, we know here because Santa Claus is actually Canadian. Uh, he, he lives in Canada, so... I'm pretty sure he lives in Finland. Well, actually, if you want to mail Santa a letter, you send it to a Canadian address. I'm and he responds. I'm prepared to fight over this physical fighting. The well, no, I know he originated in Finland. <laughs> uh, I'm telling you that if, uh, we actually have an address for Santa Claus. He's and European, you send a letter damn it. To it. 
He is, he is, but he lives in Canada now. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah, I am. Um, well, Canada, Canada, Canada claimed the North Pole. So now because the Coca-Cola version of Santa Claus lives in the North Pole, um, the post office in Canada decided it would be really fun to create like a thing for kids. Um, so if you, I think it's like the postal code is H-O-H-O. Yes, <laughs> yes that's uh, right. And and you, you send the, the P.O. box, the North Pole, H-O-H-O, and uh, there's a team of people who will actually open every single letter and respond to it from Santa Claus. Yeah, we spoke about this on the on last year's um, episode, and I, I can only vaguely remember it because I got way more, like, I got more progressively drunk as that episode went on because the novelty of Christmas <laughs> is you can drink whenever you want, and I love it. But um, mm. I, I remember uh, Jack was telling me that, and he was like, the postcode is H-O-H-O-H-O. And part of me was like, this is a really good bit, like, let's keep this going. And then, But he was, like, saying it all in a super serious way. And I knew uh, people in Europe write to that address, too. I didn't even know it was Canadian. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> it's a Canadian postal code. When I said, by the way, I was prepared to fight over it, I wasn't being serious. I was envisioning, like, <laughs> you know, the octagon and... A snowball fight. <laughs> yes. A snowball fight a friendly the snowball fight. <laughs> that'd be awesome yeah like eight Just weeks of holiday talking press conferences building up to it and stuff like um well we, we were we were talking about witches earlier and uh because justine's uh background is italian um there's there's fun stories from italy about witches it's not as exciting as the other ones we mentioned but it's it's definitely random i don't know where it came from or why it exists like in, instead of santa claus they have the bufana which is a christmas witch which i would think like you would associate with halloween but not, but yeah. not christmas and she's basically the same exact same thing as santa claus and she basically rides around on a broomstick and like you instead of leaving her milk and cookies you leave her like wine and food <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing because it'll yeah, of course. I mean, the parents probably want wine. And uh, she comes on the the eve of the epiphany, if you're good, and leaves you a present. And if you're bad, she leaves you a piece of coal or a stick. <laughs> or... <laughs> so harsh. <laughs> Here's a stick, kid. Walk to Spain and beat a log up with it. Maybe you'll get some, but you ain't getting it from me. Should have been a better kid. And for some kids... A hoop and a stick was all they had. Oh, God. It's probably exciting for them. And apparently she also cleans your house. She's, like, super <laughs> good at cleaning. So it's just like your Italian grandma coming like, <laughs> cleaning your house for you. That is, like, the... Like, I, I, I say... I get I often get accused of being, like, a third-wave feminist and stuff on my show because I, I point out, like, scenes in movies where it's bullshit because the woman is just there to do the thing in the plot or whatever. But it, it, yeah. it does seem notoriously sexist to me that... In Italy, Santa is a woman and is in every way the same as Santa, except she also cleans your house. <laughs> exactly. That's why she needs the wine. Yeah. <laughs> then she passes <laughs> out with a bottle of wine on the <laughs> Oh, God. Um, so they genuinely have that instead of Santa? Like, do kids write to the witch woman? I don't know if they I'm write not to sure. her. Like, I know that that's the they probably do Santa more now, um, yeah, but traditionally so. in Spain, like instead of because uh, let's face it, like most places in the world have just adopted the Coca Cola Santa Claus um, at this point. Uh, 
yeah, and even if they do a version of their more traditional Christmas uh, celebration, they also, for whatever reason, do like Santa Claus stuff, like the the American style. Yeah. Um, but traditionally in Italy, it was it was a witch. Yeah. <laughs> I just like a, a kind and generous witch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like a nice, really liked witches, nice old lady. There's so many yeah, plot holes in that folklore, like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if it's consistent because, okay, like, when I was, like, I didn't find out about this until I was a bit older. So, like, this the entire time I believed in Santa. And then at some point, um, I wake up Christmas morning, I go to my stocking, and I'll, it, I didn't find a stick or a piece of coal. Instead of those things, I found garlic and a tangerine. Oh, my God. And I was God. like, and I look, <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> my grandma's like, oh. The Bafana brought it because you were bad. It's instead of coal. I was like, what the hell? You weren't even a bad kid. Yeah, what, what did you do that year? I don't know. I think they just wanted to be cruel. <laughs> like, Kremlin liked to do mean stuff to me, just to tease me. So, like, but that's what I mean. Like, it was really inconsistent. I'm like, why tangerine? Why garlic? Why not coal? Why not a stick? <laughs> did those things play a part in like the Christmas dinner? Like, did you have to use those things later? I would guess so. So it was really just laziness. Yeah, <laughs> it was on. It was on hand. So she just yeah. <laughs> well, tangerine is like coal. So like this. Ent- <laughs> it's like orange coal. <laughs> you can also eat it. Yeah. Yeah, it was just <laughs> the Bafana. The Bafana, and I didn't know about it until later. Until I was bad. <laughs> Apparently. Apparently. Yeah. So see, that's that's a horrible thing too, because it's like the woman comes <laughs> when you're like when you're bad, but the guy comes to bring you presents. Yeah, yeah, good. yeah. You're, you're, kinda, I think your dad is your friend, but your mom disciplines you, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> classic nuclear family, nuclear Santa Claus. That's... <laughs> right, and that, that's bringing the the new the um the radioactive back into it. Oh yeah. Oh, the, the, the oh yeah. Is, I mean, yeah. if you just Google Literally radioactive Christmas, uh, it's uh, full of full of radioactivity in in Christmas. Oh, hey, what's the difference between radioactivity and radiation? Radioactivity measures radiation, I guess, or something. I don't know. Yes, that's cool. that's how I understand it. I'm glad I, I asked might... that question and then solved it in my head before it became a discussion point. <laughs> <laughs> All the time. Uh, so anyway. Um, just... Justine has to head off to work, but I'm going to stick around. Okay, so. that's cool. Um, well, thanks a lot, Justine, for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. No problem. Uh, oh, come and join ours soon. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I definitely will. And hopefully the uh, Bafana doesn't come to you this Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you've already resigned yourself to that happening. So. It's going to be oh. tangerines and sticks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could deal with tangerines because I mean, like they're pretty delicious. Yeah. The yeah. Stick. Eh. Tangerine <laughs> isn't a punishment. A tangerine is a snack. <laughs> we didn't feel like getting your presents, so <laughs> here's some food. I mean, you're an adult now. <laughs> you need useful things. You need you need yep. uh, nutrition and. <laughs> <laughs> it's to keep the scurvy away. <laughs> it's the greatest <laughs> gift of all. <laughs> a clean bill of health. <laughs> really, it's a good thing. <laughs> Man, that's such a budget Christmas. That's <laughs> Doctor Bafana. <laughs> hey, she has a degree now. It makes it all all right. It's progressive. <laughs> progressive Bafana. 
Yeah. Mm. And she has the money to hire someone else to clean your crappy house. <laughs> Yeah, I love I love this uh, this this feminist propaganda f- f- Bufana. <laughs> <laughs> Independent Bufana. Man, the alt right hate this version of her. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, All right. So we'll see you later, Justine. See you later. Yeah. Nice talk to you. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy work, which is such a dickhead thing to say. I know, but I don't really know what else to say. So. <laughs> I need to go make money so I can buy the tangerines. Exactly, yeah. You gotta bring home those tangerines. <laughs> Alright. Alright, have fun, guys. <laughs> okay, see ya. See ya. Okay, so I am still here. Excellent. Um, do you want to talk about Japan momentarily? Yeah, if you want to bring that one up. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say the, the Simpsons joke about Santa in Japan, but I can't remember it other than that his name is Annual Gift Man and he lives on the moon. But Justine, Justine is my uh my my Simpsons reference knower. Okay. J- Japanese Santa. Do you do you remember this episode? What was he called? Was that Gift Japanese Man. Santa, a robot, or did I? Yeah, yeah, he's a robot. That's what it was. He's a, he's a robot. Yeah. Does he, he have? Whoa. Does he have a catchphrase? Gift Man. Yeah. Annual uh, Gift. <laughs> I can't remember. He had some kind of weird name or something. Oh, I really he, can't remember. Do you have like a name or a catchphrase? All I keep thinking of. Is Mr. Sparkle? <laughs> she just remembers Mr. Sparkle. <laughs> Christmas Sparkle. Oh man, that was such a great episode as well. <laughs> what a show! But um, anyways, uh, what I will say about Japan and Christmas is that traditionally, well, I guess let's mm. let's take it all the way back to like the fifties when uh, foreign all the way back. That's in... the origin of Japan. That's uh, correct. Japan started in the nineteen fifties when <laughs> they turned it on. Uh, they pushed a button, and suddenly all of the technology in the world was awake. Yeah, they released the PlayStation 2 in uh, 19, <laughs> 1957 in Japan. They're currently on the PlayStation 187, and our stupid Western brains just cannot... We're not ready for that yet. We've only got the four, but yeah. Right, right. Um, basically, in the 50s in Japan, there were many uh, like foreigners living there, like you know people from all different parts of like Western culture and stuff like that. All walks of life. All walks of life, all all the different corners of the globe and all of that stuff. And they used to go to KFC because it was like comfort. It represented home to them in some way. And more importantly, it was open on Christmas. So in the 1970s, the colonel and his ragtag (laughs) band of loony followers, you may know Also Canadian. Really? Yeah, we've got a, a wing of a hospital that's next to us that's named after him. Oh my god, but he's like the most Texan-looking motherfucker on the planet. <laughs> I know. Yeah. That is crazy. I cannot believe that Colonel Sanders is Canadian. Yep. Right. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know if he, I don't think he was born here, but he lived here for a long period of time. So. Isn't it crazy that he's a real person? Yeah. Yeah. Not. And uh, as far as I know, he's not actually a colonel. Yeah, that's just. You can't just go around borrowing that term and, and saying it about yourself, you know? <laughs> I am the colonel of chicken. 
Yeah, it's 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 like I don't know. I mean, I like to call myself the doctor of togonomics, but I I, <laughs> I don't really have a, a license to practice medicine. That's something that I just mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I mean, people call it call me it. I've never really said it about myself, but you know my. Uh, well, then you're legally fine. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. As long as you don't call yourself that, then no one can sue you. But Dr. Dre may be in trouble. <laughs> But, I wouldn't um, be surprised if Dr. Dre actually has a degree. <laughs> yeah, same. I would love to learn that about him. Um, but the the colonel, anyway, in uh, in Japan, well, the colonel, maybe not the colonel himself, I don't know. But they began this really successful marketing campaign and basically instilled, they like artificially instilled a tradition, which I guess is how traditions are started anyway. Um mm from coca-cola onwards but they started the tradition of enjoying kentucky fried chicken on christmas eve and christmas day and in japan you can and you're actually encouraged to pre-order your kfc before you actually visit the outlet because it gets so manic um their menu has well, this... it got sold out yeah everything like there i think there was like a buzzfeed article about this a couple of years ago and they have like pictures and like instagram posts from it and stuff and like the queues are like out the door like i've never seen something like it it's crazy um and they have a specific menu where they have chocolate cake and sparkling wine it's just it's, it's not just crazy it's like wonderfully japan crazy like in a way that only japan can be or like i know i know our perception of japan is definitely like fake and we always see weird things that they do and we're like, look what everyone in Japan does. And it's obviously not right. like that. It would be like Japanese people going like, wow, everyone in America worships Harambe as some kind of god. <laughs> it's like so weird. But um, uh, they do genuinely go crazy for KFC on Christmas, which is such a weird thing because it's like it just represents the, this like this, I've, I've said the word Western like 500 times in this episode. I know. But like Western capitalism, like, oh, it, yeah, definitely. It, it represents such like excess and it's sort of like ripping the heart out of Rudolph and like stapling <laughs> it to a billboard or something like that. And I don't know. Deep frying it with seven herbs. and spices. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's so weird. Like, I can't... Like, that must be so surreal. Like, there's always so many, like... There's these racist jokes people make about, like, oh, this black family, they they go to KFC for Christmas and stuff, which, obviously, that's not true. And also, I don't know why there's a stereotype of black people liking fried chicken, because, like, who doesn't like fried chicken? Like, why have... Why has society made that a bad thing? Like, to be like, oh, you like fried chicken... But, yeah, most people like fried chicken. Yeah, everyone likes fried chicken. It's one of the best things you could possibly eat. But, Although um, I, I did have a friend in high school who uh, who was black. Um, his name was Paul, and he was fantastic. Uh, and the thing was that he was really um, politically uh, savvy, and he would constantly like point out when stereotypes were being made and uh, would speak out against people um, – stereotyping black people specifically and and black women as well so he was he was really great at all that and i remember one day we were in in drama class and we were talking about uh, some production that we were putting on uh and he turns over to me he says i forget how we started talking about fried chicken he's like my mom makes the best fried chicken and uh he started going off about like fried chicken how much he loved it and he's like you know what 
Santiago, you got to come to my house for fried chicken Fridays. Every Friday, my mom makes fried chicken. Fried chicken Fridays, man. Just come over to my house. And he kept going on about fried chicken Fridays, and it was the best thing ever because he was this. It was just like the the, the kind of like irony of it. Yeah. And he yeah. pointed it out himself, like he was aware of the joke. Um, but it, it was kind of like the, the weirdest moment because I didn't know what to do because I was like, do I point out the irony <laughs> yeah. or is he gonna point it out? It was kind of great. It, it would be like me telling you now about how Guinness is like literally the best thing in the world and there's nothing better than it. Mm-hmm. I, well, I, Guinness is. I hate Guinness. For yeah, what it's worth. It's it's not particularly good. There's better dark beers. Well, I will say this though, um, because I. I guess somewhere deep within me is some form of pride for my heritage, even though it's something I had no control over. Um, mm. the, the Guinness that we make in Ireland compared to the Guinness that you guys drink abroad is completely different. And uh, oh, yeah. you do truly have to drink it from Dublin City in order to get the true essence of it. But having done that, I can tell you it's still garbage when you do. So <laughs> It's just slightly better tasting garbage, but... Um, yeah, I actually I well, used it's... to I used to drink Guinness, and then on my 18th birthday, I drank so much of it that I nearly died, and I haven't been able to drink it since. Like I That'll can't do stomach it. it. Yeah, pretty crazy. I did that with a, a drink that uh, we made that tasted like creamsicle. Uh, it had uh, orange juice, vodka, and um, Galliano, I think, uh, oh. which is like a vanilla liqueur. Uh, it tastes exactly like creamsicle. I can't eat creamsicles now. Oh no, that's horrible. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's pretty sad because creamsicles are delicious. Yeah, I hate when something gets ruined like that. It's also happened to me with all spirits. I can't drink any spirits anymore. Bailey's. Ugh. Ugh, can't drink that. <laughs> no. Nope, um, nope, nope. But, but yeah, I, I like this idea that uh, in, in Japan it just became so deeply seated, like infused into their culture that now it, like Kentucky Fried Chicken is just like a thing, like a Christmas thing specifically. Yeah, it's it's so like, and I know that I'm like positively discriminating, and I know that I'm stereotyping when I envision it. But it's just there's something about my perception of Japan that makes me so happy. Like they, they, <laughs> they just like I I know that Japan as it exists in the world is not the way it exists in my head. But in my head, when I imagine I, Japanese people enjoying KFC, I just think I oh, that's so adorable. Like they're such a great. <laughs> bunch of people <laughs> it's it's so weird like it, it's it's like it's like counterintuitive means of coming to a conclusion about an entire nation but i do it so instinctively and willingly and like i love doing it i love looking up stories about how crazy japan is and i love it even more when i find out that they're true and that kfc is genuinely a huge deal over there like it's I had to double check it because I saw it on a list of of weird Christmas traditions, and then I was like, "No way!" Yeah, yeah. I, I I will say I had to do that about pretty much every single one that I looked up, though, because I don't trust those lists or like, you know, the yeah. types of things that they say. Because it, it's so easy to belittle a culture by saying something, and then you, like you could Google it and find one instance of it happening, and then assume that it's the way that it is everywhere in the world, and and that's. A real problem I found with looking up Christmas traditions because I can remember um, trying to do a topic like this before with um, I, I don't even remember what it was but it was like different traditions from other cultures in the world and I remember like because I have quite a diverse listenership just the mm. comments being like actually no it's not like that over here but, well um, I think it's important to like especially with what you're talking about here to to remind the world that like 
the tradition that we have, particularly in North America, is that like a fat man who loves milk and cookies breaks into your house via the chimney and leaves presents for you. Like that's we we don't think that's weird, but that's weird. It's really weird, yeah. Like they come <laughs> down know, the so chimney. Like, <laughs> like has, some houses don't even have chimneys, and we don't even make allowance for that. We're just like, yeah, they 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 finds a way. It comes down to a fence or some of them. <laughs> The parents like crack a window the night before. Yeah. And it's like, oh, Santa broke in through the living room. Oh, he's such an adorable man. <laughs> well, actually, like my niece, we had to tell her the truth about Santa Claus from like a really early age because she was freaking terrified of him. Like no she had like, way. A yeah, she had like a total phobia about it. And like that was the first time where I really thought about it. And I'm like, you know what? That probably makes more sense than us being okay with it. Yeah, definitely. But I, I I've never heard of that before ever about. Oh, she was terrified. And, and and did she have to be told to not tell any of her friends that? Yeah, yeah, we told we had to tell her like not to talk about it at school and stuff. Oh man, that's incredible. I mean, it's <laughs> horrible for her because she was like legitimately traumatized. Oh, uh, for us it was a riot though. Yeah, yeah, that that's incredible. <laughs> I I've never ever heard of something like that before. No, it's uh. But we, I mean, like we also because in um in our house, my family's from South America. They're from Uruguay. Okay. Uh, yeah. So we do a lot of like Latin traditions as well, like Latin American and Spanish and uh, Italian, because Uruguay and Argentina, it's all um Italian and Spanish immigrants. Yeah. So there's not a lot. There's not like a lot of mixing with um the indigenous people who was there because the conquistadors basically murdered all of them. Yeah. Uh. So. You know, not the finest moment in world history. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, they did bring over a lot of their their weird traditions. So, like the Epiphany, um, which we've talked about before, uh, in it's like January sixth, um, in like Spanish and Latin American tradition, it's actually the the three wise men who bring the gifts and not Santa Claus, which makes more sense uh, with yeah. like the story of Jesus. They actually brought gifts, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, except like we don't get like frankincense and myrrh or any of that stuff. We we get like like small gifts usually. We just get gold, uh, <laughs> just the gold. <laughs> they all bring just gold. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but like the the best part about it for me is that like we um, call it and th- th- see this is the thing is that my my niece was fine with the three wise men coming, but she just like was terrified of Santa Claus. Um, so we celebrate both, and uh, we we call it uh, uh, El Día de los Reyes Magos. Which means um, basically like uh, Three Kings Day. Uh, it's like the Three Kings of the Orient. Um, but the problem is that that's like a, with Spanish, there's certain words that can be translated multiple ways depending on how they're being used. Uh-huh. So uh, like magos is the the word in question, and like in this case, it means like wise men, um, like the three wise kings. Um, but it can also be translated to mean uh, wizard. Oh, so okay. It, it can be like the day of the three wizard kings, which sounds way more awesome. Yeah, it does. Uh, yeah. And it can also mean uh, magician. So it could be uh, translated incorrectly as the day of the three magician kings, which sounds like a, like a crappy American reality show. <laughs> <laughs> magician kings. Yeah. Um, so like the, the part of the tradition is that we leave our shoes out, like we leave them on the stairs. I think the original tradition is to leave them outside uh, or at the door. And, uh, the three wise men stop by on their way to see Jesus, presumably, (laughs) um, 
which I mean, I, they're taking the world tour before they end up. <laughs> yeah. then, the uh, scenic route to the. It's to like the, the Rolling Stones getting back together. <laughs> Every time, there's still like the the Mick Jagger King who's walking around doing that weird dance that makes it look like he's dying. <laughs> um. And then uh, they they leave presents in your shoes, and instead of milk and cookies, you leave bread and water for the for the camels and for the for the three wise men and their caravan. Yeah. Um, but like my parents, uh, I think this was before I was born. They did this for my for my brother and my sister, so I missed out. Um, they <laughs> they got like a, a tape recorder when they moved to Canada, because uh, their thing was like they would record tapes and messages to send back to, to Uruguay, you know, so like it, instead of like spending the, the money on a phone bill, they would just like mail the cassette and then we like have like communication that way. So, yeah, yeah that's pretty they, cool. you know, it's kind of like pre like proto Skype. Um, and then uh, what they did was they recorded a bunch of like camel sounds and like sounds like people shuffling around and like doing stuff. Uh, in the house, oh, no and way. They, they told my brother and my sister that they were going to set up the um, cassette recorder to uh, record all night, so that when the three wise men came, it would like trigger, and uh, they would be able to, you know, hear what what happened to prove that the three wise men were real. Um, and so, like, my brother and my sister came down the next morning, and uh, they had this recording that was just like basically like my dad making camel sounds and uh, like like special effects sounds and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was like a, a nice little thing that my my parents used to go in all in on the the holidays and stuff. That's amazing, though. Like, yeah. That's incredible. That's such a like just nice thing to do. <laughs> well we were also like um you you know how like they have i don't know how big halloween is in in ireland now well but... we invented it <laughs> it's it's a well no i know you invented it but like the americanized version of like trick-or-treat door-to-door yeah like... we've like we've pretty much in my entire lifetime i've always trick-or-treated and it's really weird right i i live in dublin now and have done for probably a cumulative total of maybe nine years of my life or so but I originally moved here when I was nine, and I sort of noticed that Halloween, like I came from um, in I came from the south of Ireland, and in Halloween we used to so there was like a, a bonfire on Halloween, but we mainly just trick or treated and stuff like that. Right. But um, in Dublin, Halloween is where like you pretty much just set fire to things and light fireworks <laughs> and drink and get horribly drunk and um. I, I heard, like, even every year I hear people in, in my work complaining about how Halloween is Americanized now, but it's always mm. been that way over here, and I don't really understand where the, where the like, discrepancies in people's minds come from, but it, I mean, I'm sure there are people listening to this from Ireland who are going to comment and say Halloween was never like that here, but, like, it was, like, I remember being six years old and I dressed up as Brandon Lee in The Crow for Halloween. Right. Nice. Like it, it, it's those costumes and stuff were a huge deal for me, and like me and my friends used to always dress up. I remember, like, I think when I was like eleven, I me and my friends dressed up as the guys from the band Mudvayne. I don't know if you know them; they're terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But at the time, I was hugely into new metal. Like, yeah. So we've always done that. Um, but you will hear conflicting reports about it, I guess. But yeah, Halloween cool. has always been a huge deal to me. Like in as far as my community goes, you know. 
Well, I asked mostly because, like, I know, um, like, I, growing up, I assumed that just, like, everywhere in the world celebrated all the same things at all the same time because that's yeah, kind of, of like, the, the ignorance of childhood. Yeah. Um, but, like, in South America, for example, like, Halloween uh, is only becoming a thing really now. Like, okay, yeah. they're, like, getting really into it now. It, it was always kind of there, sort of, but it wasn't really a big deal. And, like, even in other parts of Europe, it's not really celebrated the same way, so. Um, but, so, I don't know uh, in, in Ireland if they if they have this, but, like, we we can, like, go to the store and buy, um, like, CDs of, uh, like, special effects, like, Halloween sounds oh, to, wow. to decorate the house. And uh, it's just, like, a bunch of, like, creepy sounds, like, doors slamming and, like, evil dog demon things barking and like people screaming and chainsaws and stuff like that <laughs> that's awesome but like my, my parents uh way before that stuff was in stores they would like make those using the cassette recorder and like play them and like scare the crap out of kids uh when they would come to the house Jeez, that's so, so cool it's like they used to do all that stuff with a stupid tape recorder yeah that's crazy imagine how imagine how scary halloween would be if they had access to YouTube and stuff like that. Oh my god. <laughs> like I, I used to make um custom intros to the Midnight Hour and sometimes I still mm-hmm. do when I can be bothered, but I I've made like scary Halloween ones before and like it's a lot of fun to do that. I bet it would be really fun like to actually do it like myself, like doing the voices and the noises and stuff. Right. But um Oh we, we I think we need to do a, a, a mashup weird with you midnight hour Halloween episode for next year. I would love that, yeah. We we've got some uh Justine and I, like my family, my sister and I particularly are like really in on Halloween. I, I I'd also, say even more so than Christmas. I really love your um your your uh sponsor like messages that you read out in the show. <laughs> they're, they're so damn good. <laughs> um nice, thank you. One thing I wanted to say as well that you were saying about they um, they leave their shoes out and they put gifts in it that yeah. that is a thing that exists in nearly all forms of like Christmas as, as we like the you mm-hmm. know from the in the Christian side because um, in France and Germany they have a thing involving leaving your shoes out and I think on November sixth in Germany it's like Santa Claus's birthday I think people leave out their shoes and they get like chocolate and stuff like that and in France I think it's on the eighth of December they leave out their shoes and they get small. I like how he gives out gifts on his birthday he's a really making sound the poor guy, guy work yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and then like even just Christmas stockings like that that's that's a thing that's intended for your feet like it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's sort of... I don't know where it comes from, but it's interesting how that's carried... Santa has a foot fetish. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> You've just ruined Santa. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, comes up to your bed while you're sleeping, pulls <laughs> yeah. up the covers at the end of the bed, Oh God! licks your feet. That's horrible. That is horrifying. <laughs> if, if that's the type of thing you teach, it's no wonder that your niece was so terrified of it. <laughs> No, we never, we never went that far with it. Um, do you have more? That's pretty hard. Um, do you have more weird Christmas tradition stuff, or do you want to talk about? Yeah, we have a we have a few more, we have a few more short ones if you want. Yeah, cool. I I have a couple of short ones too that are sort of neat. Sure. So we'll we'll go back and forth. Yeah, I do yeah. one, then you do. Yeah, yeah. You go. First. Um. So uh, I've got a <laughs> I've got a German one. Um. Uh, it's called Hide the Pickle. Oh yeah, I heard uh, this one. Yeah. So yeah, it was like uh, basically parents hide a pickle in the Christmas tree, um, and it's the same color as the tree, so it's hard to find. But the the kid who finds it first uh, gets an extra gift. 
Um, and that's kind of just it. That's the that's the tradition. But uh, there's not really a clear consensus on the origin of this kind of uh, thing because it's weird and nobody's really 100% sure where it came from. Yeah. But I liked one of the one of the origin stories um, was this German folktale. Uh, so you know it's good uh, about two boys on their way home from boarding school. And they stop at an inn for the night, uh, but it's apparently run by some, like, evil innkeeper. Uh, he straight up murders them and decides to hide their bodies inside a pickle barrel. <laughs> and that's the connection to the pickle. Uh, and then apparently sometime during the night, and it's not clear whether it's on Christmas specifically or at all, but, like, Santa was just around, like, maybe getting a drink or something. <laughs> uh, and uh, Santa happens by the inn. And he finds the two boys dead in the pickle barrel because apparently he wanted pickles. And you, I don't like. There's no context for like why he was poking around in pickle barrels that didn't belong to him. Yeah. Um, I guess he didn't have anything better to do. So uh, he finds the the two dead boys and he brings them back to life because apparently Santa has that ability <laughs> <laughs> for the purposes of this narrative. Uh, and then that's it. That's that's the story. <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with hiding pickles, but. Yeah, that's really weird. I mean, yeah, I obviously, that's, that's bizarre. <laughs> Germany has like a really historical, like strong connection with like violent. Uh, that's Pickle. a stupid thing to oh. say. <laughs> I don't mean the whole World War Two stuff. I mean, like, right. I'm, I'm talking about like the Brothers Grimm and like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 kind of. Um... Well, it's similar to what we were talking about Iceland. It's like the the kind of moral story that yeah. results in like severely negative and and sometimes violent consequences for yeah, not following exactly. on responsibilities. They I I saw another story about pickles and it's not one of my <laughs> traditions because I uh I don't remember it, but it it was one of the states in America. I want to say Pennsylvania or, or Philadelphia or no, Philadelphia is not a state, is it? Um but I, I think it was uh I think it was Pennsylvania. I don't know, but there was there was some story about how in this state they put pickles on a Christmas tree because some soldier in the Civil War was like starving to death in a prison cell and he begged his captors for something to eat and one of them took pity on him and gave him a pickle and he credits the pickle with like saving his life. So the entire state now decorates their Christmas trees with pickles? I mean, is it any weirder than people hiding it in a tree because some boys got killed? And <laughs> I suppose not. <laughs> the, uh, the one that I was going to say was that in Venezuela, every Christmas, mm -hmm. the residents in the city of Caracas, I don't know if that's mm -hmm. how you pronounce it, they go to church really early in the morning. It, it's usually like midnight on Christmas morning or Christmas Eve. Um, right. And, like, it's not a zany thing that a few people do. Like, they close off the roads, like, so that cars can't go by. And, uh, basically, people go to church really early on rollerblades. They rollerblade to oh, yeah. church. Yeah. And it's just in that city. It's not anywhere else. And I tried to trace the origins of it, but I couldn't really find anything No, they about just... Uh, I, I remember I saw that one while I was looking for stuff. I, I think they just adopted that recently, like, uh, within the past... 40 years or something like that they, yeah, I they think just started it was, rollerblading basically rollerblading was like it became a huge sort of cultural phenomenon for them but then it got outlawed and so they allowed them to do it on Christmas or something like that 
Hmm. I think that's what it was. It was like a kindness to be like, yeah, you can do it on Christmas for this thing. But basically, they wanted to rollerblade all year long, but it was made illegal or something like that. I like how when you when you look up the origins for these stories, there's always like a like a jump in logic. There's like a there's a it seems to be like the, a missing piece of the puzzle that's just suddenly like like the the pickle thing where it's like. Yeah, and then the boys died, and Santa brought them back to life. They were hiding in a pickle barrel. Anyway, so now we hide pickles in trees. Yeah, it's like, wait a minute, there's a whole middle part, like the the last, you know, the yeah. second. Absolutely. What? Every single time when I read the origin of a story like that, and I try and explain it to someone else, they they always hit me with that. But how did it get from this to this? And I'm like, I, look, I don't know. That's oh. just the thing that they do. The Wikipedia article didn't cover that. Yeah, exactly. But when someone from that culture is explaining it to you, you can't do that because it's like mean to it's like mean to pick holes in other people's traditions. So like you can't really be so openly disrespectful. But when you're talking to someone else about a culture that's nothing to do with either of you, then you can question it and be like, what the f- What is this nonsense? Well, and again, we're, we're not immune to that because, like, to us, our culture is, like, normalized, but, like, we have a lot of weird stuff. Like, why do we do certain things? There's there's no... Uh, there's weird jumps in logic. Well, well like, the Christmas trees. Um, Christmas trees originally uh, in, like, uh, pagan culture, uh, a pagan... There's many pagan cultures, um, were hung upside down in homes wow so they were they're actually hung from the ceiling but then um when like i don't know when like constantine rewrote the bible uh he incorporated a bunch of like pagan um traditions and then i i don't know if the christmas tree was one of those but basically at some point like the christmas tree in the same vein as what constantine did was incorporated into uh christmas tradition and it was just like I guess to make it different, they flipped it the other way around. Yeah. So there's there's no real uh, like clear indication of why that change happened, but it's again like incorporating other things to be like, hey, yeah, we we do that stuff too. You can have the tree, just like start worshiping God. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, Christianity is littered with uh, just basically planting their own things over pagan traditions. Like we see so yeah. many of them in Ireland. Like we've got. St. Patrick and St. Bridget and, and all of these. And, like, all of their stories just are basically lifted right out of pagan culture. And it's like the Frankenstein story. of religions, really. Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. it's And it's so shameless. And, like, if you if you call people on it and question them, they'll just be like, oh, no, 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 that's a, that, that's a test that God put there or whatever. Like, Christianity is, like, the original America. It's like, no, yeah. no, no, this is ours now. Yeah, very much. And, and I find it really interesting with things like that where... You know, you know Bill Maher and his religious thing, or like the Zeitgeist movie, where they do all this mm-hmm. stuff, like say, well, Jesus was born of a virgin. They followed the star in the sky, the three wise men. This happens in every other, co-. and it's like, no, that's not actually true. Like you've completely taken it way too far to try and yeah. fit your anti-religious narrative. Whereas if you actually want examples of that happening, there are tons of them. But you've made mm. up your own for some reason to push your agenda, like. That really irritates me about like people who are staunchly anti-religious, but they're just as uninformed as the very religious people that they're angry at for you know blindly following stuff. Two, two sides of the same coin, and yeah, then yeah, exactly. Sandwiched in between are all the normal people who are just like, the hell is going on? Yeah, <laughs> shut the, up, the, both of you. There's there's like a thin line between a preacher with a microphone and an atheist with a keyboard. I think. Just, yes, yes, yes. 
Definitely. I had another weird South American one, actually. Yeah, go uh, ahead. So in, in Guatemala, uh, they, uh, they burn piles of garbage. They just uh, they, they collect garbage uh, from their property. Um, and in, in some articles I read, it was like they sweep like the, the dust and stuff. But in other ones, it's straight up said just like garbage and like useless things. Yeah. Um, and they combine it into like big piles in the middle of the street. And then they top it off with an effigy of the devil. <laughs> <laughs> and they burn it in the street to ward off demons. Uh, I'm guessing with the smell. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, a great way to call all of your. That's a that's a great spring cleaning tactic. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I thought actually it was it was quite practical. Um, so it's like a cleansing celebration that's supposed to get rid of all the negative vibes and allow people to enjoy Christmas, which is nice. You know, what's very interesting about that, which uh, immediately sprung to my mind, is the parallel between that and uh, the fifth of November in the UK. They have Guy Fawkes Night, and they right. It's so. In Ireland, we have bonfires on Halloween, and Halloween is for bonfires, um, and we have fireworks and stuff like that. And people in the UK find that really bizarre. Like, to me, that's like what you were saying earlier. You're just, when you're a child, you're sort of ignorant to all the other cultures around you. Um, but I used to live in the UK, and I remember Halloween being, like, really quiet and sort of strange. But then on the 5th of November, there's all these bonfires and fireworks, and they... They burn effigies of Guy Fox, right? Yeah. And I think that the, that's one thing that I just cannot wrap my head around. I find that to be absolutely insane. Like, I know that he tried to blow up the Houses of Parliament. And as an Irish person who is aware of, you know, the history of Ireland and the UK, I, I, I sort of feel like he was onto something there. Like, <laughs> I know. Yeah, I was about to say. I mean, like, I'm not... Like there's some politicians who kind of want to do that now. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm not all in on the sympathizing with Guy Fox thing. But mm. as an Irish person, um, like, what I learned in history and stuff, I, I kind of feel like... <laughs> I, I don't know. But uh, that's another topic for another day, I guess. But um, right. they just burn effort. Like, I, I, I imagine if people in... Imagine if there were images of people in Iraq burning effigies of a British soldier who who tried to kill an innocent family. Like the tabloids would run with that, and you know, like it's just so weird to me that there is a fully developed and intelligent civilization in the West that are burning effigies of someone who tried to harm them, like a hundred, what well, more than a hundred years ago. It's just right. so weird. <laughs> and we can say, like, stuff about how Christmas traditions everywhere else are, are strange and all, but I know this is a Halloween tradition, but it's such a strange tradition to me. And I was not aware of it until I was, like, mm-hmm. 19 years old and I was living in the UK and I was like, wait, let me get this straight. You you, you, you burn effigies of a person in Britain? What? <laughs> it's kind of weird. It's like when you find out that uh, the last... Um... What was it called? The last execution by guillotine in France was like in the 70s. Yeah, yeah. It's like, crazy. okay, we held on to that. That's what we held on to? <laughs> yeah. Okay, sure. All right. Yeah. At, least, at least in Guatemala, it's like a, it's the, the effigy of the devil, though. And it's like, well, they're very religious, so I can understand. Yeah, completely. Yeah, in fact, that makes way more sense to me than Guy Fawkes Night. Mm. Like, I also would assume that in Guatemala, they don't have, like, a really tightly regimented, like, sanitation sort of system, you know, where, like, it makes sense to me that they'll be like, all right, here's a free pass, like, cl- clear all your stuff out, burn it, and also 
burn the devil because we don't like that guy. It's like it, it it's very logical to me, and it doesn't. Well, seem... yeah, and it would depend on where you are in 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 Guatemala as well. Like if you're in if you're in a main city in Guatemala, then it's like it, it's. I know it's like technically third world, but like it's it's kind of just it's a city like oh, anywhere yeah, else. Yeah. Um, and then, but like when as soon as you get out of that and you get into the rural areas, like it, it's like anywhere. Like there's rural areas in in the United States that don't have plumbing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, <laughs> and not by choice. Yeah, like, I'm I was... not talking about like Amish communities. Was that a cat? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> our cat Pookie, uh, right. who's our who's kind of like our our unofficial other podcasting member oh okay <laughs> just kind of like sneaks in and screws up the recordings every so often that's fair enough that's that's allowed but um, you know what he has input and it's valid so. <laughs> yeah i i do agree with what he had to say there interestingly i think he made a good point no i usually agree with him too he's 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 got some valid opinions um i just got back from uh i was in indonesia over in mm-hmm. uh over in i don't know why over in you've probably heard of it indonesia it's a country um yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was in bali and it's just like you were saying about guatemala like you you'd be in like the city in in like seminyak or whatever and it's it's built up and it's there's, there's western food and it's it's like quite a rich area and then I went up to Ubud, which is in the north, and, like, the the poverty on the way was very, like, uh, striking, you know? And it's like a scale. Like, it gets, like, worse and worse and yeah, worse. And then, like, was... there's a part in the middle where it's just rural and, like, it's fine because yeah. it's just kind of, like, farmland and that's okay. Uh, but then, like, you get – you start coming back into the, the next city and it's, like, shanty towns and then it, like, develops into, like, you know, just, like, different degrees of poverty until you get to the – to to the city and then it once you get downtown it's normal again or yeah. well normal what is normal you know what i mean yeah yeah normal is not burning effigies of guy fox in 2016 yeah. there you go <laughs> um did you have another weird tradition um i have uh yeah i do actually i have one that's from the netherlands and it's very very weird it's this thing called black peter and it has only oh, recently God, become yeah. a big source of controversy. But I have two friends who live in the Netherlands, and they've both said this to me, and I've been like, okay, my friends are idiots. But then I've actually Googled it and gone, oh, my God, no, it's a, it's a real thing. And basically, yeah. it's a character who is sort of like a protected institution in the Netherlands. Um, mm-hmm. He's meant to be like a mischievous assistant to Santa Claus, and I guess he goes around, like, acting like a doofus or whatever, like, giving sweets to kids, but acting like a clown or whatever. And mm-hmm. the thing is that he's basically a white person dressed up in a curly Afro wig, complete with blackface. And right. this happens nowadays. And I think only in the last few years have people been like, all right, look, this is so racist, you cannot keep doing this. Um... But then you get, like, sort of traditional, you know, conservatives who will view this type of thing as a war on Christmas if you attempt to take away the great name of Black Peter. And then you have other right. people who are like, look, this is fucking racist, dude. Like, stop well, this. Because you have people who argue that it's, like, a very beloved figure and it's not seen as, like, a... They'll argue that it's, like, not seen as a negative figure and that it's actually, like, a very, like... Oh, he's like a happy guy who's like nice and everything. And it's like, well, that doesn't really necessarily matter. It's the same <laughs> like... thing as like it's, it's like if you say to a black guy like 
yeah, well, go eat some fried chicken, and then they'll be like, what do you mean by that? And you'll be like, oh, nothing, I just, fried chicken is great, you should go eat it, you know what I mean? Like, it's, you know full well what the intent is when you say a thing like that, and you're... Right. By falling no. back on the, oh, but everyone loves him, like, it doesn't really matter in, in the... One of the, one of the counter-arguments for Black Peter get, that gets lobbied a lot um, in the Netherlands is uh, that the tradition actually, apparently comes from uh like norse mythology and that the black peter character was actually originally uh the two ravens of uh, thor oh wow uh and that they became like personified and that the black on the face is actually supposed to be ash it's not supposed to be blackface but i think like those things that might very well be the origin but i i feel like those things over time um become uh, kind of just like like anything else, like like literally everything else, they become uh, kind of like skewed and twisted by our own culture and yeah. uh, what's happening at certain times. And it's like, I mean, there are certain things like you can't deny. Like, why does he have an Afro wig if he's not black? Like, uh-huh. yeah. why does you can you can make like soot on someone's face without it looking like blackface? Why are his lips bright red? Like, it's it's very clearly a character and of of a slave. Um, and I'm not, you know. You have to kind of like be careful with that stuff too, because uh, even though it is very clearly a character of a of a slave, it's like a there, there's it's kind of like a, a really like important part of you know some people's culture, and those people aren't necessarily racist uh, just because they you know have this figure who appears uh, during Christmas time, right? Because they've grown up with it in a different context. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like it's no good not good <laughs> yeah uh, i i think that's kind of been uh like I, I read recently that black peter has actually led to like violent clashes and stuff um, do all more recently yeah. yeah and i feel like that's um to sort of i, I guess this will be a political thing to say but i i think it's been a real failing of like you just said there that you also need to take into account that the people who celebrate this uh, like they're not racist and by you well some of them very well might be yeah for sure yeah and, and i'm sure that of the people who are racist they will be the ones who are more likely to encourage the the black peter thing to stay well, but also like not taking it as an accusation by saying like a lot of people were here uh like oh black peter is like a racist um you know cartoon man thing uh and you shouldn't do it and they take that as uh they don't hear that they hear you know like you guys are all racist and they take it as a personal attack and i think it's more about like being you know like culturally critical because there's certainly things in in north american culture that are still like horribly racist and 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 in northern european culture and in european culture um so i mean like i i think it's just a, a way of what I mean, be careful is I mean, like, be careful about like how we're making sure that we're not uh, kind of like just blanket calling everybody in the Netherlands racist because that's, Black Peter, that, that's exactly not what we're doing. Yeah, that's what I was getting. I, I think that's the biggest failing of the left is to just the way that we love to like, it's so satisfying to be like, look at this racist. I'm not racist. This person is so racist. Like, I, I remember um, on Halloween, just uh like this this year was it hillary duff dressed up as like a native american woman and she had to apologize on twitter for appropriating another culture and stuff and it's like that's the type of thing that i don't really have time for because like 
she didn't decide based on hatred of the culture. Like, she mm. decided because she saw the movie Pocahontas and wanted to dress up as the main character from it. Like, I, I you shouldn't tear someone down for doing something like that. Like, that, that's so... I don't know. Yeah. Like, like... Uh, well, it's like when it's like uh, when um, I don't know if you remember this, but like when the guy from Chick-fil-A uh, and other various corporations have done the same thing is like super anti-gay uh, and he donates a lot of his own personal money to like anti-gay um, establishments and, and organizations. Uh, and so a bunch of people on the left decided to boycott this company. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I mean, they're in their rights to do that, I guess. But it also seems like really unfair because the people who work at Chick Fil A and these other places aren't homophobic by association, yeah. and they have jobs. And it's like, if you if you like taking it to an extreme, if that store was completely boycotted and those people lost their jobs, and it's like it's not their fault, and some of them might actually be gay. Like, yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, I understand the the. The, the need to kind of and same with like the Black Peter thing is to to kind of say like hey this is maybe a bad thing and we should you know not maybe like I you know um, maybe we should you know stop <laughs> doing this thing or at least look at it critically and see how we can change it so that it's not yeah um, or at least at the very least like have a discussion about it and like how do we move forward from here um, but like that doesn't even happen because people just go like ah racist exactly racist he's a racist and i'm better than you exactly, and uh, yeah. we're all better than you so stop doing that thing and then they stop paying attention and it's like well that doesn't really solve the problem either you jackass yeah and i i have been so guilty of doing that over the last like i don't know a couple of years like i've really gotten sucked in by that because it's so easy to do and it's the so... echo chamber right yeah exactly it's it's like it's actually like satisfying and fulfilling in some way to well, you start to sympathize with like the the villagers uh pitchforks and and uh and and you know torches going to kill the the ogre or the frankenstein monster it's like yeah. it's bad get rid of it and it's exactly. like maybe it's not necessary maybe it's shrek yeah. <laughs> you know like maybe it's just michael myers doing a funny voice like you can't always just uh go and like demonize uh, a whole thing based on like one part of it that's bad you have to that's what critical thought is for you know we have to we have to criticize the negative and then like move forward from there and i don't know how to move forward like i'm not you know proposing any you know like change or anything like that but at the same time it's like you know we've we've been told uh in our education for the past like the the trend in education has been you know like oh critical thought creative thinking and it's like now that we're doing that there's a bunch of people who are who taught us those things who are being like shut up now it's like, well <laughs> yeah. you you taught us to not shut up and now you're telling us to shut up so like what yeah the, i don't know the whole thing that whole spectrum of of sort of argument and back and forth it it moves so much more rapidly in the online era like it, it, just general things that we've as a culture like clashed over this year all seem to be forgotten already like i don't know there are so many we're gonna do a uh probably do like a 2016 year in review episode or whatever and and i've been doing some research on it and just there are so many things that have happened this year that i completely forgot about already because it moves so quickly like just the machine and on top of them all alan rickman passed away yeah and david bowie and Bowie. But to take it back to Alan Rickman, because mm. he is in one of the greatest Christmas movies of all time. Exactly. You you read my mind. <laughs> um, what is your favorite Christmas movie of all time? 
Oh, uh, hmm. Okay. So now you don't have to have a favorite. Like I mean, yeah, we're I not wouldn't five. say that I have necessarily like a favorite movie, but I can name some movies that I enjoy yeah. watching on Christmas, and a lot of them are actually quite bad. Oh, so, really? Okay. Um, so I kind of have like a, a perverse love of uh, watching those horrible uh, claymation uh, movies from. I don't even know when they're from, but like the the Rudolph one and the um, the the Saint Nicholas one. Oh, uh, really? They're they're really really bad, yeah. uh, and especially the the I forget what it's called, but the Saint Nicholas one, um, where he's just like a ginger white Nordic kind of man, uh, and the evil Burgermeister Meisterburger character. Uh, do you, do you know what I'm talking about? I, I don't think I think I've I've seen it, but like a long 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 time ago. It's a, it's a little questionable because like there's a song in it. But it's like they're musicals, um, and it's by the same people who did the the Rudolph one that everybody kind of knows because it's on constantly. It's very obnoxious. Um, but there's a there's a part in it where he asks. Uh, he started. He he's becoming Santa Claus basically, and he starts asking. Um, you know, he goes to the village to deliver toys in this village that has outlawed toys. Uh, and so he asks all these like poor children to come sit on his lap and the, the lyrics to the song are something like, if you sit on my lap to do- today, uh, a kiss, a toy is the price you'll pay. Uh... And it, it, yeah, it, it, the lyrics get worse from there. Uh, and it, it's just really weird because yeah. he's like <laughs> forcing these little children to give him a kiss and then he gives them a, a prize for giving him a kiss oh so. dear <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's but they're they're so um they're so bad uh they did a little drummer boy one as well which i ac- absolutely hate but at the same time there's something fundamentally christmas about them because those movies only come on around christmas yeah yeah christmas is such a novelty associated with it like i think in last year's uh, christmas episode of this podcast i kind of constantly like drummed around the idea of there being a Christmas novelty, and I, I can't quite explain it, but it's the uh, it, it's the sting you get in your eyes when you turn on the lights in the morning in December, and it's pitch black outside where it's normally not dark at all. Like that in itself is like a novelty of Christmas. It's it's specific to December only. Oh well, in Ireland, anyways. And well, and certain foods that are only made for Christmas. Yeah, yeah, and like, like the lights smells. And, yeah, it's. Uh, just casual days in work instead of having to wear formal office clothes stuff like that it's a really yeah and and the the bad movies that come with that are just part of that like nebulous sort of experience that i i do have a favorite christmas movie that i just thought of as i was saying that um (laughs) what is it the charlie brown christmas special oh i've never seen that there's Really? Yeah. Oh my god, that is like the song of Christmas for me. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's uh it's so good. Um it's very religious actually <laughs> watching it as an adult, but I never really thought about that when I was a kid because yeah, it's yeah. all about like the births of Jesus and and everything. Um and like the idea of like the spirit of Christmas and and giving and all of that good cheer. Um but like there there's something about I watched it every single year. And I remember a few years ago, I was feeling kind of down, and uh, I just decided to look for it online, and I found it, and instantly I felt like, oh, that's Christmas. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. what I remember. That's what I remember from being a kid. It was like that Charlie Brown music. 
I am. I really love Christmas, and I hate that people think it's so edgy to pretend to not like it. Like, it drives me mm. fucking crazy listening to people. Like, when it's the end of November, and people are like, why is there Christmas ads on TV? Like, why do you care? Like, why is well, that a the, problem? the problem for us is that the Christmas ads have started coming on on, like, uh, October 30th. But again, why it's is like that Halloween a isn't even. Well, I just mean like the extended marketing. It's like the same almost to bring it back to politics. It's almost the same um, idea as what happened with the American election being so long. It's like you get fatigued from it. And then by the time it happens, it's like, yeah. I don't know. It, it's it is a very commercial marketing push. And like, I, I love Christmas. Justine's a little bit more ambivalent about Christmas because she she works in retail right now. OK, yeah. Um, and it's like she basically like, uh, you know, you and I walk into a store in in the beginning of November and we hear Christmas music and we're like, oh, it's that it's not time soon. That's yeah. lovely. Uh, but Justine, when she's in there, you know, she has to listen to the same, you know, Christmas songs over and over again for like days and days and days. And so, like, I think particularly in the retail environment, like Christmas can be very uh, it's almost borderline torture with some of the music, depending on the choices. I completely agree. Uh, for That's... The that's always like the one caveat for me is like I, I don't get why people have a problem with Christmas and Christmas adverts and Christmas lights but if I worked in retail I would I, I think I would actually have had Christmas ruined for me if that were the case well yeah it, it's almost like what we were talking about with drinks earlier where it's too much of a good thing and yeah, it, uh, yeah it's too sweet you know yeah too sickly definitely but I, I just I, I hear people complain about it and like what you've just said about becoming fatigued and it being commercially driven and stuff th- like those are fair points. And that is a critical mm-hmm. sort of um, outlook, whereas I feel like most of what I hear is people just wanting to be like, oh, I, I don't like Christmas because I'm a damaged cool guy who doesn't need fun <laughs> things. To, you know what I mean? Like, I hate fun. Yeah. Fun is for losers. Well, all, the, all those Christmas hipsters who are yeah, actually man. just like practicing these old ridiculous traditions that you and I have been talking about all day with Justine. <laughs> yeah. uh, and they're like, yeah, we, we, we did Christmas before. It was cool. I I, um, I I don't really understand fully because I'm 26, so like this is my first venture into adulthood. But um, mm. I, I feel like as a society we're becoming more and more cynical because we've seen people being rewarded for cynicism and... I think if you look at like the coolest characters on TV shows are they're sarcastic, they're intelligent and they're cynical and I right. think people think that the reward for cynicism is the perception of intelligence and I think that it is one of the easiest things to be cynical about is Christmas because it is one of the most commercial things that there is in the world. Like it, it's, it's also something that's supposed to be pure happiness. And so like anything that's pure happiness in this world needs to be ruined by jerks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're not uh, allowed to be happy if I'm not happy. Let me shit all over. This yeah, world. completely. Except in Spain, that actually works. I don't. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's we did it. We brought it back. I, I don't need a Christmas jumper to be happy. Like, all right, cool. Don't fucking wear one. But, like, the the great thing about Christmas is that there is room for everybody to enjoy mm-hmm. everything in the way that they want. Like, I really like drinking. I, I'm, I know I'm not an alcoholic or anything, but I love being able <laughs> to wake up in the morning and, like, open a beer at, like, 11 a.m. Because, fuck it, I'm off work for five because days Christmas. in a row. Because Christmas. Because the novelty of Christmas. I can just... I can afford this to myself. Spike that eggnog. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's... 
I, I don't know, there's something magnificent about opening a, a box of celebrations and eating miniature chocolate treats all fucking day, <laughs> because it's Christmas. <laughs> Starting at 6 a.m. Yeah, so, like, you might not like there being lights in your town or, you know, Christmas adverts on your TV or whatever, but you can just kick back and play, you know, Star Wars Enjoy it in day. your own way. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. Like, you don't have to do all of these things. These are just for the people who do still have the magic of christmas and you know i I like how uh just pulling off something you just said i like how disney has kind of insinuated star wars is now a christmas movie because it's coming out in december every year i think it's genius it's just freaking i'm going to see rogue one today i haven't seen it yet oh my god it is amazing i'm so excited I, i listened to the soundtrack the other day and i'm very impressed with how much it sounds like john williams it's brilliant yeah it, it's so star warsy that's um, my favorite christmas movie now yeah <laughs> i was star wars. i was actually gonna talk about that um it's so people feel nostalgia way more strongly in december for some reason mm-hmm. um and i've it's noticed genius. yeah it's it's so clever and it's also just a market that like good movies don't come out at christmas time historically like the exactly. blockbusters they come out in the summertime and this is a whole market that star wars can just eat up all the money for and i love that because star wars is the greatest thing ever it's, it's, oh we need to do a star wars episode now i am actually doing a star wars episode very soon what? and i would love to have you on it i will be there oh, oh my god I, I, star wars is my life man <laughs> well this is brilliant because there's another guy loose Moore, who comes on this show and he is also a huge star wars nerd so um yeah we're gonna the plan is to talk about rogue one and then to branch off into talking about Star Wars in general and what we would like to see from future spin-off movies and stuff like that. So Excellent. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, that's going to be fun. All yeah, right, yeah. I'm, I'm I'll, I'll, I'll be there with you. bells on Excellent. to bring it back to the Christmas thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I really love the Christmas movie Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I was Justine and I were playing with an idea of like we were we were thinking about doing a Christmas episode um, and then we realized that this would kind of be the Christmas episode. It'd be like a, a mashup in the spirit of giving. Yeah. Um, but uh, we were playing around with the idea of like maybe next year doing a Christmas episode where we just watch uh, Jingle All the Way and then like review like not review it, but like do a commentary about the movie and how ridiculous it is because yeah. it is the most stressful movie. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Like, if you want to know, like, if you've never been in in a shopping mall the day before Christmas, trying desperately to find that last gift that's out of stock everywhere, like, this movie makes you feel that uh, kind of, like, by proxy. It does. And, and, and also just the fact that Arnold Schwarzenegger is such a... His name is Howard in it, I think. And, <laughs> I, like, I, I love so much that they can... Like, I, I, it's really funny to me that, like, in Hollywood, you, you can't just have a black guy whose girlfriend is a white girl. Like, that's not a thing you can do unless that's what the story is about or unless his name is Will Smith. But you, you can't just... Exactly. You can't just... You know, like, 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 they can't just be a couple who... Uh, they can't just be an interracial couple because, nah, that's, that's just not what we do. But you can have a guy with an Austrian accent who was clearly taken from, like, some fucking bodybuilding tournament in Europe and just planted <laughs> in this nuclear family as an American dad who drives a 4x4 four four or whatever. And, and like his kid's karate yeah, demonstration. <laughs> and everyone accepts it, and it's not weird at all that he's like, Jamie, I'm going to get you the Turbo Man. <laughs> Turbo Man. Oh, my God. It's there's a, there's a part in that movie that fucking kills me every single time. And it's when um, 
<laughs> Howard, uh, if that is his name, I think it is. He he comes home and he's missed uh, Jamie's karate thing. And he goes mm. up and he sees the belt. And Jamie is completely ignoring him. He's so mad at him. He doesn't want anything to do with him. And Arnold Schwarzenegger's like, this is really cool. Do you wear it like this? And he ties it around ties his it head. Ties it around his head. And he starts going like, ah! And then Jake Lloyd, who plays Jamie, just does this face where he has really had enough. He, the like, only he, good he, acting he's ever done. Yeah, he just he puffs out his cheeks and he just rolls his eyes. And the cameras focus squarely on him while he does it. And it's just just his reaction. That's Christmas magic. That's Christmas right there. Yeah, it kills me. It's so damn good. And when he oh, punches the reindeer, of course, that's also great. Yes. <laughs> yes, punching the reindeer is awesome. What a movie, though. That movie's just ridiculous. <laughs> it's so good, though. It's got every... Sinbad is in it, and he's incredible. Yeah. He's... Oh, it's 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 my favorite like actual Christmas movie. I mean, Die Hard is obviously the best Christmas movie because we're guys. Hands down. We like yeah, and and also it's just genuinely probably the best action guns movie and ever. Stuff. Um, yeah, guns and beer and spitting on the ground and cars. Th- those are things. Stepping that... on glass. <laughs> yes. The, the the finest Christmas tradition. Yeah. Where in America, Bruce Willis every year steps on broken glass <laughs> to ring in the new year. Every year he's a fucking terrible husband, but he kills lots of terrorists, and therefore... It's like the ritual to bring Santa Claus. It's like you have to summon him like a demon. Yeah. <laughs> you step on the broken glass and then use the blood to, like, paint a pentagram on the floor. It, it's it, There's a, a really interesting theme. So, it, it's sort of a nebulous concept that flows through, um, like, really famous Christmas movies. Like, it, it's prevalent in Jingle All the Way and Home Alone and Die Hard, where... The guy, the father, is pretty much a doofus, like, idiot, mm-hmm. stumbling his way through life, knocking over all the fine china along the way. And then, because Christmas, like, he, he doesn't even <laughs> get his shit together at all, but he stumbles his way into a situation that actually makes it sort of passable as okay. And then the whole family's like, ah, it's okay. Like... <laughs> they all hug at the end of Home Alone, and right. Macaulay Culkin isn't like, you motherfuckers, I had to fucking <laughs> fight off some fucking people who were genuinely trying to cause me physical harm and steal all of our stuff because you Home Alone's a close here. second. Yeah, yeah. Home Alone's uh, freaking awesome. And in Die Hard, it's like, he's such a dick to his wife. What's her name? Holly, I think? Like, he's just such an so. awful guy, but... He kills just the right amount of terrorists that she's like, ah, get in here, big guy. And like, (laughs) in Jingle All the Way, like, the fucking idiot dad wouldn't just buy the fucking toy? Like, that stresses me out so bad that he left it till Christmas Eve. Like, is that how little his son's affection means to him? Like, ah, it breaks me. But because Christmas, he finds a way and it makes it all okay. Like, at no point does his wife go... Jesus Christ, Howard, you couldn't have just got the fucking... Instead of, instead of like, you know, assaulting a radio presenter and ruining his studio and spilling coffee on cops and stuff, you couldn't have just bought the toy and given us a normal Christmas. I just want, like, a, like a, a chart of uh, action movies and how much damages, how much in damages, like, was done in each action movie and just to see where Jingle All the Way ranks in those. <laughs> yeah. Because it wouldn't be very high, but, like, it wouldn't be at the bottom either. Yeah. 
but there, there's so many other like aspects to it that are not quite um, quantifiable in terms of damage or laws broken. But he does mm. quite clearly impersonate a police officer at one point, <laughs> <laughs> which is incredible, by the way. One of the yeah. greatest scenes in, in modern cinema, I would say. <laughs> this is the worst shakedown I've ever seen in my life. The commissioner is going to hit the roof when he sees this. Now get in there and arrest someone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh what God. a movie. It's so damn good. Arnold is just... He's the man. Just He's yeah. the absolute man. I, I'm, I'm going to... Yeah. I plan on doing a podcast about amazing celebrities someday. And uh, mm. I, I want to talk about like Tom Cruise and Arnold Schwarzenegger and Harrison Ford. Specifically those three. Because they are... Just... Harrison Ford is a badass. Harrison Ford is the man. Like, the actual man. Like, he is the guy that everyone wishes that they were. Like... I, I don't know if there's ever been somebody who's so Hollywood famous who is also, like, screw Hollywood. Yeah, he hates so much. Because he just, he like, is... lives, like, a normal life. I mean, except for the shitloads of money that he has and that all he, like, the, flies planes. planes. that he crashes all the time. <laughs> He's like, if he was a normal person, like, he would not be allowed to be flying planes no, right now. No like, way. You're like, it's such an old man. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he has genuinely crashed like four planes or something. It's like That's ridiculous. what we're missing, the Harrison Ford Christmas movie. Yeah, that would be great. Because you know that he hates being an actor. And it's obvious in his movies that he hates being an actor. And in every interview that he gives. Like, he yeah. hates, <laughs> hates everything about movies and how famous they have made him. And stuff like that. He just kind of likes building things in his garage. Yeah, exactly. He makes things out of wood. Like, yeah. he's a... <laughs> He's the That's ultimate he man's man, really. Like I know. Um, should we talk Keeps about uh, Christmas music songs? I don't oh, know why man. I said music songs. Like you know, noise. That Christmas people music make. songs. <laughs> that old music song. Yeah. Um. Oh man. I see. The thing is that, like, I'm, I'm realizing more and more. Uh, it's kind of like when you sneeze and you go, oh, bless you. And you're like, wait a minute, I'm not religious. Why am I saying bless you? Yeah, like, yeah. It's kind of just like a weird thing. It's like, I want to say Gesundheit, but like, what does that mean? Like, <laughs> I've never looked up the translation for that. I might be saying something horrible. I might be saying fuck you to the whole group of people. Cease your sneezing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... Uh, it's kind of like that where like I realize like I go to like I'm singing a Christmas song and then suddenly um like I realize how like deeply religious that song is yeah, or like it says true. something weird in it. There are lots. Of Unless that. it's like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer or something like that. Oh, but it's I, fun. I I mean like I, like my favorite. To, sorry to cut across you and just be like, what's your favorite oh, Christmas song? Because here's mine. <laughs> um, but do it, do it. Uh, Fairy Tale of New York by mm. the Pogues and Christy McCall is like it. it Irish people are very self-deprecating, and I think in this country you'll find lots of people who hate it, like the same way that we hate you 2 and we hate all that kind of stuff. But I think that it is genuinely a phenomenal song that it doesn't conform to any kind of traditional Christmas song or seasonal song or gimmick song in any way. It's just, in its own right, it is a magnificent song, and it has been carried by the novelty of Christmas through, like, however many, you know, generations, pretty much, to consistently claim that number one spot at christmas and it, it, like i don't know if like i know overplaying a song will destroy it or whatever but this, right. it, it 
I don't know. It, it's it captivates me every single time. Like I I can comfortably listen to that song in like July and just hear an amazing song, you know. Yeah. So that would be mine. Yeah. I'm not See that was the thing is that I've never been like huge uh into Christmas music in general. Like I I for Christmas now, for example, I think because retail has ruined me, <laughs> like I, I said earlier, um, what I do is uh, I just put on jazz music, like uh, no vocals, just instrumental jazz during Christmas. No, way. and it's it's just like a nice ambiance. Uh, I like uh, putting on like some just like bebop in the background um, while we're having dinner and everything. Just on out of like a volume where it's like just loud enough to hear, but it's not intrusive in any way. It's really nice in the background. Yeah. Um, and so like now for me, like I associate a lot of like jazz music with Christmas, um, just because that's what I've been doing for the past three or four years. Um, but as, as far as like, uh, whenever I had like a band that I liked that did a Christmas song, I would always kind of just be like, Oh Jesus Christ. Yeah. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Yeah, that is true. I I do understand that too. But then uh, there are some. I'm sure there's one that I'm forgetting. I I really like Blink One Eight Two's "I Won't Be Home for Christmas." It's just sort of a negative anti-Christmas song. I like stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I I don't like the Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer or Little Drummer Boy or or those types of things. I just like songs that sort of facilitate Christmas in the same way that Die Hard the movie does. You know, like they. Yeah, that's a good. We need to find like the Die Hard of Christmas music. Yeah, yeah. I I think it would be tough, but I think. Maybe we could do it another time. Well, unless like the Dead Kennedys came out with like a Christmas song that I'm unaware of. The, um, no use for a name actually covered Fairy Tale of New York, but it's oh, yeah? it's not very good though. So <laughs> I, I I shouldn't have said that. But, <laughs> you know, they're kind of like a punk band who it, it's interesting to hear what their take on a song like that would be. I guess, but um, mm. should we call it a day? Ah, it's been it's been a long episode. <laughs> it has. It's it's been a really really good one though. Um, I love. I'm enjoying the hell out of it. I could keep going, but I got you know I got to see Rogue One you at some go point. See Star Wars, yeah. No, that's. Mm. I mean, that is one of the main reasons why it's acceptable to stop recording. So, do we um, do we want to close it off quickly with Krampus? That yeah. Was the one oh, thing that we talked about that I think yeah. like everybody's expecting us to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So, uh, Krampus is the the weird and terrifying counterpart to saint nicholas aka santa um <laughs> he, he's depicted as a as a horned and hooved half goat half demon monstrosity yeah uh with a long gross tongue that just like hangs out of his mouth uh oh and he has fangs because like it wasn't horrible enough so if you're picturing gene simmons yeah pretty much exactly that yeah 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 that's exactly it um gene simmons is krampus he does look very that, like him, actually, though. I almost wish that I, I I hear that in the the movie trailer voice where like now Gene Simmons is playing Krampus. Like, <laughs> Gene Simmons is Krampus. Um. So yeah, basically the idea is like while Santa goes around rewarding all the well-behaved children, uh, Krampus skulks around on Christmas and punishes all the bad children. Um, and he appears like uh, across a, a bunch of different like folklore from different countries. So like stuff like Austria, Bavaria, Croatia. Uh, Czech Republic, Hungary, uh, Slovenia, parts of northern Italy. Like, he's all over the place. Uh, and he, he carries these chains. He, I like I like Krampus because he carries props. <laughs> <laughs> like, he doesn't necessarily, like, use all of them. But, like, 
and and in different versions the props are like slightly different and like sometimes he uses them and sometimes they're just kind of like there for effect it's, it's like so the utility carries... belt like batman's utility belt he just has <laughs> exactly. lots of different things and you never know when one might be used <laughs> so he carries around these uh these chains with him uh, as his symbol to, of like his bond with the devil, I guess. Um, but he doesn't really use them for anything. He just kind of like thrashes them around for dramatic effect. <laughs> like he's on stage or something. Like, ooh, the spooky chains. <laughs> uh, and then he like sometimes has like this nasty whip uh, that he carries with him. But in like certain versions of the story, it's not a whip, it's a tree branch. And in certain versions, he uses it to like beat children. <laughs> oh my god. But in others, he doesn't. He also just, like, cracks it to, like, threaten them, which is makes the next part even funnier because the other prop that he carries around with him is a basket that uh, in some versions he just carries it. And in some versions, it's like a like a basket that he carries around on his back. Uh, and the basket is for, like, stuffing the naughty children into okay. uh, so that he can take them away to be punished. Um, so I was imagining that he puts their severed heads into the basket. I really thought that's where you were going with that, but I guess we're we're not at that level of uh, like Germanic folklore at the moment. <laughs> well, <laughs> hang on. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, okay. Because <laughs> his uh, his punishments include drowning the children. Oh my god! <laughs> eating the children. Or actually just transporting them straight to hell to be tortured for eternity. Jesus. So if you're naughty, you're basically screwed. Because <laughs> Krampus is going to come and just, you know, drown you in a lake. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah, so, yeah, Krampus, the, the Christmas demon. <laughs> he literally is a... Oh, that's so terrifying. Yeah. So, just... an appropriate way to end our jolly episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And happy holidays. It... From the Midnight Hour and Weird With You. Yes. This is a great collaboration of two podcasts also, by the way. Well, um, we got to do this every so often. Yeah, because I, 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 just before you go, I do want to say that the way the two sort of... Um, themes and sort of uh like what the mission statements of our podcast is both overlapped really nicely in this episode and it, yeah it's, it's gonna be like yeah if for anyone if you if you liked this yeah uh, yeah no but it, <laughs> honestly hard. if this is the type of thing that you like you should definitely go and check out weird with you obviously all their links will be in the descriptions on itunes soundcloud and youtube and it's okay. just so worth your time because it's like honestly i do listen to every single episode of your podcast and i think it's awesome so uh, i'm really glad that we could do this we listen to yours as well oh man it's it's honestly such a fun time and uh like especially because like you said like our our two kind of podcasts complement each other and our styles complement each other well yeah so i foresee many more collaborations yeah me too yeah i, th I think we can plan some really Christmas Eve, babe, in the drunk tank, an old man said to me, won't see another one, and then I sang a song, the rare old mountain dew, I turned my face away. And dream the bell 
Turns out it was Santa Claus all along. But we're ending the episode with Fairy Tale in New York by Shane McGowan and Kirsty McCall. Uh, in the middle of the episode, you also heard A Christmas Fucking Miracle by Run the Jewels. Just a little snippet of it while I talked about my merch, which you can check out in the description. Um, yeah, Fairy Tale in New York, like I kind of alluded to in the episode, is just a song that I think is really good. And I don't trust anyone who says that they don't like it, unless they work in retail. Then it's totally fine to not like it, because you probably hear it every day. So that episode was really, really good. I really enjoyed it. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed enjoyed making it and I want to say a huge thanks again to Santiago and Justine for taking the time out to join me because I've wanted to have them on my podcast ever since I listened to theirs um more importantly than that I want to say you know I hope you all have a really good Christmas and thanks a lot for helping to I don't know you guys helped with the recovery of this podcast there was a time when I thought I was gonna have to just pack it in uh when Jack left but then, I don't know, something happened and I got the motivation and the energy to constantly chase down guests and dream up topics and help to revive the podcast. And I think rebranding it was a great idea. Like, the the new logo is amazing. Uh, thanks a lot to Simon for that, who will also be back on the podcast for future episodes. Um just thanks to everyone for, I mean, the two people who made the Midnight Hour subreddit page, like, that was really awesome. It, it's so cool that someone thought that would be a good idea to go and discuss it somewhere because of the fact that it was split up from YouTube and SoundCloud, and it was sort of, I don't know, the comment section has died an awful lot in the last year, and that's a shame, but we now have a subreddit page, and there's also an Instagram page, thanks to the person who set that up as well. Um, just stuff like that is really cool, and thanks to everyone who bought a t-shirt or, you know, a phone cover or a mug or whatever. For full disclosure, I earn 10% of every sale on that website, like I don't have any affinity or special deal or treatment with the website, it's just the place where I buy all my clothes from, so it's where I wanted to sell clothes to you, so, um, yeah, just, uh, thanks for listening. Um, I feel like... We ended the year really, really strongly after a lot of inactivity throughout, and 
I hope that the podcast, you know, goes on and on and gets even stronger next year because I've got a lot of interesting topics lined up, ones that I think you guys are going to really enjoy, and I'm planning on setting up a spin-off podcast that the working title is Noise Pollution. It's going to be a podcast purely about music and nothing else because I don't really like talking about music on the Midnight Hour that much. It kind of doesn't really get a whole lot of feedback. Like, it seems like only some of you guys are major audiophiles. But anyway... I will stop rambling and we'll say once again, I hope you have a great Christmas. If you don't celebrate Christmas, I hope you enjoy your time off. And if you don't get any time off for Christmas, I hope you'll excuse this, what must seem like a very weird spectacle to you (laughs) with all the people bringing trees into their home and everything like that. But happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Uh, you know, see you guys next week, I guess. I'm not really good at the whole corny showing appreciation thing, I don't think. Enjoy the rest of the song and I'll see you next week. Bye. Christmas Day.